the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Coming up. Is, are we on now, Zach? Are we on the radio? Okay. I wasn't sure as I was getting last-moment questions just before I went on. Are you live on Facebook? Yes, we're live on Facebook, and we're live on the radio now. And Doyle Webb is here. He got here on time. And Senator Irving is here. She joined us as well. Hello. It's always good. Glad to wave, be here. Look at the camera and wave at it. See? There that up the game when Senator yeah. Irving showed yeah. up. Yeah. Doyle's got the short hair, just so you'll know. I've got the short stance, okay? <laughs> what, can I, what can I tell you? Yeah. All right. So, At least I have hair. Do you need a, a, do you need a, a charge? Do you need a charge? <laughs> Dave, at least I have hair. You have, well, you have I shaved right? mine off, so it's not like it fell off. Yeah. Oh, you need a charge? Oh, oh you got okay. the wrong one? We're all good. I don't have an iPhone. That's okay. Oh. I'm a poor person. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't get government phones here. Yeah, that's it. Def- definitely. I, I do hear you, Zach. Zach asked me, could I hear him? Yes, I can hear you. I could not hear Zach. No, you're not supposed to. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good thing. Then. Yeah, I'm... Wait. Happy to be here. Yeah, now we're ready to do a show. There you go. You're ready to go. We're on the third da, floor da, da, outside. Da, 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 da. Ready to do our thing. I asked Doyle Webb to join us. You know him as the chairman of the Arkansas Republican Party, the longest-running chairman in the Republican Party. And I saw, I saw you were at the uh, winter meeting, and you would in, you uh, introduced the longest woman. Actually, chairman. I. Uh, chaired the meeting for the election of the longest-serving woman uh, chairman of the Republican That's National cool. Committee. That's right. I'm, I'm honored. I, as you know, I serve as the general counsel for the Republican National yes. Committee also. So I'm very honored. Arkansas is honored. I'm the first officer of the Republican National Committee from Arkansas. I'm liking this. So yeah. That's quite Quite the achievement. It's great for Arkansas. Yeah, it's great. It puts so. us on the map, yeah, and they that's the call key. You to do anything, don't they? They should. When they don't, unless they make the, a mistake. Unless the president calls. <laughs> if the president calls, I'm on his team. <laughs> well, you should. Yes, be. Mr. President. I'm yes. on his team too. Which to wall? Where right. are we building it? Let me go. <laughs> you, you've been in my studio since I put his cutout in my studio, right? Yeah, we brought you That's that right. cutout. That's right. Brought the cutout. We brought me. Trump to you. I had the flag. You all had the cutout. That's flag. correct. Okay. That's correct. That's how we got an American. And we flag brought Trump to you in Hot Springs. Yes, you sometime did. back. That's right. That was cool. We were the first state to feature him as a speaker. There you go. The Republican. Party. He did a great job. Yes, he did. And he's. He's a real person. You know, uh, he just took questions from the floor. People that miss that miss getting to know Donald Trump. It was good. It was very good. It was excellent. No staged questions. He uh, was ready to go. Did you uh, have anybody in in your mind's eye of who you want to do this year? We actually know who we're bringing See, in this year. This is the way I do it. I try to find out the inside information. <laughs> Let me just say that the dinner, it's the Reagan. Between, it's just between you and I. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I, don't, I don't think we're ready to announce it yet. This is a teaser, okay? Okay, all right. On, on, on June the 7th, the Reagan-Rockefeller dinner with a special guest. 
will be at the Benton Event Center in Benton. Because oh, eggs are cheaper in the country. We can go down to Benton, and the meals are cheaper, and things are great. You know, when you, as Missy knows, you know, when you're in Little Rock, it costs a little bit more, and it's a little highfalutin. Okay. Yeah, we I'm get from out. the country. Yeah, you're I'm from a country the, girl. You're the Y'all country girl. Y'all come to Mountain View, and I'll show. I'll, we will have a hold down. You want to hold? We can go County. to Stone County right. and uh, rent out the folk center. Oh, and we that, could have a hoedown. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, this is going to happen on June the seventh, so mark this down. We know who the speaker is going to be, and you it's will like exciting. the speaker. Yeah. I'm not telling you never, anything. There's no speaker you brought in I haven't liked. Oh, you will like this one. Okay, you'll one. like it. Okay. okay, very good. Missy doesn't know, but I'll whisper it to Missy before mm. it's all said and done. You, you can I whisper have an it. Inclination. You can whisper it to us, just just between us. <laughs> I, I, hey, I know. It's going to be exciting. But the, I think the exciting thing you, about this is that there are so many. Our our bench is so deep. There are so many excellent Republican in, leaders out there. Is he bringing in Kamala Harris? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, okay. that is one that you don't have to worry about. Bring, okay? in, bring in my favorite Democrat. Bring Cortez in. Cortez. So I, uh, so I can hear the what, what do we call her? OAC now? OAC. AOC. A- AOC. AOC. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think she might get offended because there might be some Arkansans that have ringworm. <laughs> Very good. Well, we, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about any of those. It, I can assure you it will not be a liberal socialist democrat in other words, candidate for president that's what i was just going to say it's not a, it's not a progressive running for president though. that's right that's right that's right <laughs> okay. i love that missy how are you i am great i guess Thanks i should say so senator miss, no missy. you're fine no everybody out there calls me missy and that's what i go by well, we've that's known what each I was other first. ever since you were elected yeah we have yeah. and you've been doing good thank you i appreciate that very much how's you it know? going with the new session now i saw in the paper today i think it was wick liner's writing and said things have slowed up a little bit on the taxes and on the highway bill is that right well it, it takes the whole session to figure out those details there's some tricky mechanisms in play but the good news is we have been under governor hutchinson's leadership and under the republican legislature you know majority under our leadership we have been incredibly um oh i i would say fiscally responsible we've been good stewards of the taxpayers money so that makes it easy for us to figure out all these tax cuts and the different areas where we do need to prioritize and put a little more money. Um, and so we've been efficient in government, and that's just allowed us to be more flexibility in our prioritization, prioritizing what needs to be funded and, and the things that we need to take care of for the people of the state. So, I mean, the Republicans have done a great job leading this state, and um, we have put, you know, so much money into reserve to long-term reserve fund um, that's going to allow us to get better ratings on our our bond issues and then the tax cuts are going to be great but it also allows for us to prioritize some needs out there like the NCI designation for UAMS that the Republican women are all behind um, and so those that's Republican be, women are dreaming big we for are Arkansas. dreaming big we launched that last week and I'm so excited 21 we have 21 Republican Republican women serving in the House and the Senate at this time, and they are the most incredible group of women. They have such a great history and past and their experiences and 
Their stories are amazing. Largest number of women ever ever. to serve in the Arkansas legislature, Democrat or Republican. That's correct. And so we came together and decided to dream big for Arkansas. And dream big stands for bold initiatives for the good of Arkansas. And those bold initiatives aren't, they aren't red issues and they aren't blue issues. They are Arkansas issues um, centered around health care. Um, education, juvenile justice reform, and economic development, and child care issues. So these these issues affect all our Kansans, and I'm thrilled to come, and I think I'm going to talk again about it on Wednesday. Yep, you'll be um, back with us, plus you'll have some friends with you. Yeah, and so I'm so excited about this initiative. She has a friend with big. her today. Oh, I, I understand. Do. <laughs> I so, uh, so, yeah, we launched that last week, and so we're in week two of that, so we're moving our bills through the committees, and we're so excited. The governor is supportive of us. The attorney general, the lieutenant governor, every constitutional officer was president at the press conference. And we're super, we're just so excited. Uh, these are big, bold, game changing initiatives that are going to really uh, change the face of our state. They, they impact families. That's right. You know, those kind of things. All right. So, Doyle, since you're uh, the number one chairman, in the uh, United States, how do their initiatives, do you take them to the national party as well? I have actually, uh, as soon as they launched theirs, I passed it on to our uh, national chairman, Ronna McDaniel. She thought it was very exciting. We're looking at initiatives like that. We'll be meeting again in May. Uh, that's as quick as the RNC meets again, but it will be all the state chairmen will be coming in. And we're looking to show how this party is a party of, of for family, for women, for suburban women. And this initiative answers all of those questions and emphasizes the fact that the Republican Party has always been and always will be a family-oriented party. And that's the reason Dream Big for Arkansas is going to launch and it'll be dream big for Oklahoma and Florida and Massachusetts and uh, maybe for America before it's all said and done. All right. When we come back, I'm going to turn it over to Missy and let her tell us what some of those big initiatives are big, out there. Big. B-I-G. Big. And you know, I'm bold all, initiatives I'm all about big and bold. Big <laughs> and bold. Too. That's right. Thank you, Doug. All about big and bold. All right. We'll be back in a moment. It's Dave Ellswick's show. We're live at the Capitol, third floor, house side. If you come over and you're visiting, feel free to stop by. As long as we're not talking on the air, you can come over and, and talk to us. No problem whatsoever. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you sitting on the third floor of the state capitol on the House side. Exclusive coverage of the General Assembly. We're the only radio station that I know of in the state that comes here and broadcasts during our three hours or four hours of our show That's and great. get on the, uh, you know, the lawmakers, the head of the That's Republican great. Party. Well, I think it's important for people to know what's going sure. on. And we've gotten more and more transparent as we've gone along. Yes. And you've moved down from the, used to be on the fourth floor, didn't well, you? Well, when the Democrats were controlling the governor's office, they used to hide us in a closet. <laughs> now you can see the door of the house. Yes, I can. I can and see right who comes across. in and who goes out. Yep. We, can, we can turn around and see the Senate as well. Yeah, yeah. I can see well, the I'm Senate. Keep, I'm watching your back. I'm watching yep. the Senate. That's the ones you got to watch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that in, in mind, let's uh, turn back to, you know, Senator Missy here. She's joined us today. Give us some of the bold initiatives that you all are thinking of. 
So very exciting. I'll start with education. The education bill really is targeting um, the fact that Arkansas right now, Arkansas students are only reading at a 31% proficiency rate. That is horrible. That's, that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. But we're so, still paying out the... Right. We're paying more in funding for per kid than any other state, just about. But um, So this really targets like a laser focus on reading and the science of reading and teaching brain science and structured literacy. So the idea is it's really building upon the RISE program and the dyslexia bill that the Read to Write Act um, that Senator Elliott passed as well. And so we're, we're kind of building upon that foundation. But our thought, our thought here is that every teacher needs to be certified in the science of reading and brain science and structured literacy, and they need to teach that curriculum. And the curriculum needs to be vetted by the Department of Education that it does meet the requirements in order to uh, help those students achieve a better proficiency rate in reading, which will help their writing skills, their vocabulary, their test scores, everything, science, everything is impacted by your ability to read. So this is really focused on that. We teamed up with a lot of advocates out there, but Sharon Westerman is one of the women that is very involved, and she is a strong Republican women woman who's married to Congressman Bruce Westerman, and he, Congressman Westerman is co-chair of the Dyslexia Caucus in that. Washington, D.C., and French Hill, Congressman French Hill, is also on that Dyslexia um, caucus because he'll be here in the Capitol with right. me on my show on Wednesday. Very good. So, um, so he, they are familiar with this. My brother uh, suffered from dyslexia, and he was a fa- famous artist. Um, but he struggled with reading. So it is something that te- te- touches everybody. Not, not everybody can. Um, and so the way you teach reading is very, very, very important. So we want to focus on that and make sure every teacher in the state of Arkansas is teaching a curriculum that helps all students rise. All the- students need to rise and all students need to read at least at grade level, if not above grade level. So that's our big one for education is our literacy You know, there's some evidence initiative. that Governor Rockefeller suffered from dyslexia mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And that's the reason he had to work on his speaking right. and, and, and have them written out so that he was prepared not to have those issues right. come up. That's exactly correct. There are a lot of people that struggle with that. So that's the education initiative. Healthcare, um, we are so excited to champion this cause for UAMS. UAMS is seeking National Cancer Institute designation. What that means is there is a lot of research dollars at the federal level and in other areas that we could tap into if we're an NCI-designated cancer treatment center. Um, That requires about a $10 million annual um, state revenue um, contribution. That's okay. a big ask. Yeah. That's a big that's lot, a lot of, money, of money. But that's matched with about $30 million that they're going to be raising from mm, the private okay. sector. So, you know, this is our part uh, to try to reach that. And what that means is that our citizens now will be able to participate in clinical studies and clinical trials for cancer research that can be brought here. It is a $70 million annual economic um, impact to the state of Arkansas in the plus column. So we Good. put we put ten million in, we get seventy million back. It's over fifteen hundred jobs that will be created in five years. Plus the benefit to every Arkansan that's suffering for cancer, if we have an NCI designated cancer institute at the Winthrop P. Rockefeller Cancer Institute, the chances of Arkansan survival from cancer will go up twenty five percent. 
Wow. That alone is worth a $10 million spend for our government. Well, and the return there, the match, is tremendous. Anytime you could put $10 million in and get... Another sixty million? Seventy. Seventy million. That's a good investment. It is. So it's an economic development. But it's really about our citizens. I mean, our citizens right now have to travel to M D Anderson, Rochester, Minnesota, and I mean University of Texas is M D Anderson. Um, because those states have made that investment, but our citizens are are not well served um, because they have to travel there. That's a huge expense on them and their families. Um, so we want we need to do this, and I'm super excited. UAMS is all behind it, and NCI now hashtag NCI now. Um, the read reading initiative is hashtag read right. Um, economic development, broadband. Let's talk about broadband. We want broadband equality. I speak about <laughs> this all the time with Stephen Meeks. Yes, he is very much in our corner, and we're so excited to work with him. Um, but we have we have launched the coding initiative for the governor, which is great, and we have broadband to all of our schools out there. But our kids need to be able to have their homework done at home. Yep. Our kids don't need to sit at McDonald's and have because they have free Wi-Fi to do their homework. They should be able to do their homework at home, and they also need to be able to tap into like Khan Academy and some of those really great online services for tutoring um, that helps them. Plus, virtual Arkansas. Every there's so much online now in classes and every corner of the state of Arkansas no matter if you're rural or urban should have access to broadband it's yep. like it's a, the equivalent of electricity at this point so uh, we are working really hard to uh, change the law to open up competition so that cities and counties can work with their providers to provide that broadband access to these very rural areas of the state of Arkansas so that's that is that's a big one. Um, and then child care. We want there to be a one-stop shop on how you actually can open up a child care facility and then to look at rules and regulations to see how we can make that more efficient and streamlined for people so we have more options for women and families for child care. Um, that's another huge one. And the last one is juvenile justice reform. <laughs> Again, these are big and bold. Um, juvenile justice reform is something I've been working on since 2013. Um, we do not. We should not have justice by geography in the state, but we do. So this introduces a validated risk assessment tool. So explain what you're saying there. Yeah. So by so, location, wherever you live in the state, it can be different. So. Right. It can be. So because you have judicial districts that are doing something different everywhere else, all over the state. And that's not... So, so punishment is not equal. That's correct. Punishment is not equal. You're not assessing this kid and figuring out what their needs are to figure out a care plan for them. And if we can lessen incarceration and provide more support in mentoring programs, then that's what this is aimed to do. Yeah, if you can catch someone early in the yes, process, absolutely. you can change their history yes. for life and, as they a byproduct, end. lessen the cost to the state right. and lessen the cost to other individuals yeah. um, as this person matures into adulthood right and of course when you say to the state that's to the taxpayer that's, that's correct right. and to the right. it, because a lot of times it's a pipeline to uh, the incarceration into the corrections right. and we do not want that to be a pipeline into corrections we want folks to get the help that they need kids to get the help that they need to get back on the right track so they're productive citizens for our state it's a huge investment we're making and it's taken since 2013 to get this right. So I think in so many cases. So excited. So many cases, I think we just kind of default to prison, and then we don't even right. do an adequate job of holding them accountable right. in, in, in regard to their victims. Right. So, mm-hmm. so 
they hurt somebody and they don't make the person whole and then they cost taxpayers piles of money in prison right. and everybody gets hurt more because the government got involved. In some cases, I think we'd almost be better off for the government not to even get involved because it, it just hurts everybody when you throw well, these kids in prison when they sh- could be dealt with in a more judicial, judicious manner. Well, and, and, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, this is a system where you look around the country and we're following what other states have done. Ohio actually has done a really great job with their program on this. And so we're following a lot of those practices out there. But being able to, to have a validated risk assessment tool to see if a kid is a low, moderate, or high risk. Mm-hmm. And then making a determination. It's about being smarter, not necessarily softer on their crime or whatever they've done, but being smarter about it. And if we can redirect, that's the time we need to re- redirect them mm-hmm. and to save them. I mean, this is about saving the lives of these kids out there. And I am incredibly passionate about that one. So right. I'm let me jump back. Let me jump back to child care because people, you know, I'm. I'm fortunate. I live in Benton. There's a lot of child care facilities. But we get out into rural Arkansas, and it's difficult to find child care. And if you don't have child care, you can't work. It's it's kind of a vicious cycle there. That's right. And so you got to hold up a second. We're going to take a break. I'll hold up. (laughs) All right. And when we come back, I'll let you continue your thought. I'll continue. Thank you. We'll do that. All right, we are back at the Capitol. We're on the third floor, house side, just so you'll know. My guest sitting in uh, during this hour, Doyle Webb, who is the state GOP chairman. Also, Ms. Irvin is here, state senator, and she's talking about Republican women working hard to bring some new thoughts to maybe some old issues that need some new thoughts. And that, that's always good, new, uh, new blood, so to speak. And uh, I was just talking... During the break, uh, the president signed, uh, what was the, the that called dealing with uh, criminal, uh, justice, justice reform. criminal justice reform? Is that going to have any effect on the state level? Do you know? I mean, I think we, you know, it's something that we have to just kind of monitor and see how it plays out. I mean, a lot of the times we react to what happens at the federal level, and it does make an impact of how we need to deal with it and how we need to react to it. That's a great example of that was the juvenile sentencing reform bill that Representative Rebecca Petty, another great Republican woman out there, um, led that with me. And, uh, and also now uh, with Representative Greg Ledding was also part of that. Um, good. It was a bipartisan approach, and um, so, so that that was a decision that was made at the Supreme Court level, and we need to adjust our laws. But I will tell you the good that has come from that. Those were juveniles that were convicted um, when they were 15, 16 years old, and so it allows for the possibility of parole. Doesn't it's not a get out of jail free card, but it gave those. Um, those juveniles that were sentenced when they were juveniles, the ability right. to have parole instead of a life without parole sentence. So um, we have met some of those people. They are amazing people um, that have really turned their lives around. And so, you know, those those kinds of decisions that are made at the federal level, they do have an impact on us in various ways. And we just have to figure out how we change our laws to adapt sometimes. Okay. All right. You know, Dave, one thing you may not know, and it, th- this relates to these Republican women that are thinking big for Arkansas, is that there's 144 years of governance experience in this group. So th- this is a group of people that have been involved in the system looking to reform the system and to make uh, 
make our state work better for the people that should be served by the state. So you guys are trying to slowly, but, you know, you're using fire axes now instead of, you know, ice picks. They kind of <laughs> yes. to, to get uh, the sledgehammer. You get it, get the rock scalpel. out of the this way is, of yeah. We're bringing what, 135 the, years of Democrat rule. That's right. And so these 21 lawmakers have, like like uh, Mr. Webb had said, we have 144 years of experience in public service. That's serving on city councils, uh, countywide elected positions, school boards, boards and commissions, uh, quorum courts, in the legislature. Um, and so that is all of us combined, all of our service. It's pretty impressive that we have 144 years of public experience, of public service experience for our state. So these are women who have been around this state and have at all different levels and that know what our citizens need. And they're bringing that voice collectively on these big issues. And we are not interested in just dinkering around the edges anymore. We're not done. We're not doing that. We're not. Bold. That, that, yeah, we're, well, we're you don't have a, a whole bunch of Democrats holding you back. Well, it's not just that. It's special interest. Let me be very clear. It's special interest out there that's What's really the trying difference? to hold everybody back. Well, Both progressives. Well, and they're, but there's special interests that don't want us to mess up their playgrounds. I, I'm with you. And I we're messing that. up their we're messing up their sand pit right now, and that's okay. Good for you. But you know, we are we. I'm not supportive of protectionist legislation that's protecting a certain entity. Nope. I think every Thing. We are all about free markets. We are about capitalism, and we are about competition because that's what drives the price Could down. You ask, and that is what gets the best she would product. Talk to you a little bit. I'd love to take her on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There that you would go. be good for a dinner. No, oh, that'd be good. Let me just say, my twenty-one women. We will take her on. How about <laughs> that? Be because we're big and we're bold, and we're we brought a sledgehammer up here, and we're we're just we're we're not wasting our time. We got lives out there. We got families to take care of. We We've got lives out there, and we're not up here just to keep the status quo. Good. It's ready. We are ready to move Arkansas beyond 48th and 46th. No. I mean, our tax reform committee, that's what we're all about. We are not settling for anything less than really moving us up and being that's competitive great. with every state out there. That's what we expect. That's right. That's you know? what the citizens expect. And so go big or go home. All right. Do you have, do you have plenty of narrative stories that you can tie together. Because, oh, you bet. See, that's, you bet. that's where, as Republicans and conservatives, we miss out sometimes. You're right. You know, it's pretty easy to tell I, a story about you. how I can give you free stuff. One, one yep. quick, let me, oh, let me yeah, interrupt yeah. her. Yeah. You know, it, going back to uh, child care, child care, there is one facility in Perry County that can take care of kids. Well, that's a problem. Okay, Perry County's a big county, and you've got mothers wanting to work that have no place to leave their kids. Right. That is safe, safe and educational, and and all of those things that parents are worried about. And so that's what we've got to move to, so that people can improve the quality of their lives. That's so, exactly so we, right. So we've got laws in place right now that basically make it nearly impossible for small childcare. Well, number one, it's so hard to navigate. Mm -hmm. It is so difficult. There's not. So what we're doing is putting um, a one-stop shop like a a, onto the DHS website. This is how you're. This is what you Mm. have to do in order to get up and going. And these are the requirements you need. Beyond that, though, we're going to look at 
where can we change rules and regulations within, and that doesn't require legislation, that just requires us being focused and working with DHS to figure out how can we make this a little bit more efficient and a little more easier for people to actually open up a child right, so, care facility. So is it is it illegal right now for say, a housewife to, to take in three or four extra kids to babysit during the day? Well, without getting all, jumping through all kinds of hoops? Because does she have to do that right Well, now? I mean, you also have to look at your liability and all those kinds of issues. And so, you know, we want to make sure that there are safe options out there for women and for men. I mean, this is a family issue. It's not just women, obviously. But um, we want to make sure there are safe options out there, that they're getting the child, that it's a safe facility um, or that where they're taking their child is safe. Um, and that it's educational and right. you know, there's value there. And so um, my kids were blessed to be able to go to the dairy farm. Right. And so in Mountain right. and, View. And I'm, and, and I'm sure that wasn't you know, a government-approved facility. No, nope, 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 it so wasn't. How, but so how do we just allow free markets to handle sure. some of this stuff? Because some people, they don't really care if the government has a government stamp of approval. They, well, that's they, it's why, just their friends and, right. they're, and they're willing to pay them the 100 bucks a week or whatever it is. That's and, why we're looking at. Can we make that legal again? Well, and that's why we're working with DHS to look at all of that to see how we can simplify and get rid of things to make it easier. Um, we want it to be safe, but we want it to be easier. And educational. Yes, and educational. You know? And I think that's exciting. So I will tell you, you, you asked about the stories, Dave. Um, yesterday, um, yesterday at church, or actually after church, I was at JoJo's Catfish House, great place to eat, by the way, <laughs> um, in Mountain View, Arkansas. I'm always <laughs> plugging my district. <laughs> Sorry. Drive up to JoJo's. <laughs> yeah, go to JoJo's. But this man said, I saw you on the mor- I saw you on TV this morning talking about the, ca- the Cancer Institute, and he said, I am a cancer patient being treated at the uh, Winthrop P. Rockefeller Cancer Institute, and I'm so thankful for what y'all are doing. Uh, to try to get this to become an NCI-designated cancer institute so I can participate in those clinical studies. Mm -hmm. And um, he's gotten excellent treatment there. And uh, actually, my niece was his oncology nurse. She works Mm -hmm. there. And so it was just so great to see people come up to me and say, thank you for what you're doing, and they appreciate it. Um, and, and those are stories that those we are the stories we all need. the time. Yeah, and this man was so nice to stop me at JoJo's and tell me, thank you. I saw you on TV this morning. That's so exciting. What can I do to help? And, you know, and he's ready to write a check. I mean, he's ready to say, I'll, I'll contribute to this. And so we want that. We want people to understand we are trying to help improve their lives. You know, my mother had pancreatic cancer, and uh, we ended up at UAMS, and we have great health care facilities in Arkansas. Yep. But I have to say, UAMS being a teaching hospital, right. we were able to understand and appreciate what she was going through and the treatment that she was receiving, even though it wasn't... Uh, you know, she, she was her life was not saved. I know that her quality of life was made better in her last days, and it was better for the family because you you're going through something that you have no idea. That's You've never right. been through it before. That's right. And I just want to add the research opportunities. So this what this money does is bring bring a NCI director here and a team of doctors and researchers, and they bring with them all that research funding to our state. So NCI, I'm going to assume, is National National Cancer, Cancer Institute, Institute. Okay. designation. But also it allows for your students in all of your colleges of medicine, pharmacy, nursing, to participate in those research projects. That is tremendous. I mean, who's to say that an Arkansan 
student might not be the next person to find this cure. And so in that research opportunity for our undergraduate, do you know how much that just rises UAMS's medical center and academic center to a whole new level? That will attract medical students and talent into our state that that has not come here before because they have that ability to participate at that level and that amount of research. That's how you see those University of Texas, Florida, those universities where they are attached to an NCI-designated institute, the students that they get and the research opportunities for that undergraduate level or graduate level participation is amazing. And so my students, my kids go to an out-of-state university, um, and they've been able to participate in research projects. And it has just, I mean, they've been published as undergraduates have been published with their research. That's an amazing opportunity for young people to, to be a part of. We need that here in Arkansas, and UAMS is the right academic institution that just moves us way up in the ranks if we get this designation. You know, Dave, so excited. i got to take a break. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say something about President Trump when we return. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. You know, that's a teaser. That, that's, that's a, a teaser. That's a teaser. That's good. I want to just remind everybody that Applied Research of Arkansas has a study going on about warts. If you got warts and are ready to take action, they have new clinical studies going on that could wipe those warts away. Participants receive free study-related care medication as well as compensation for time and travel here's how you find if uh, you can get in and be a participant Uh, go online to arcarkansas.com that's arcarkansas.com just follow the instructions there or give them a call 501-954-7822 that's 501-954-7822 that's applied research of arkansas all right, we had a little problem with the uh, the Facebook. It's back up now and running smoothly. Let's hear our Trump story from the uh, state chairman here. Well, you know, Dave, you were there when President Trump, then candidate Trump, was in Hot Springs yes. speaking at our Reagan Rockefeller dinner. And he started out and he talked about UAMS. Yeah, he did. And and no one had prompted him on that. Someone, uh, he, had had a, he had a friend that looked around the nation and he came to UAMS and got the service he needed. And that was from our president, a person that can travel the world. New York City applauded Little Rock, Arkansas. So he was big about it. He was very big about it. He was very in fact he was he was huge. 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 He was massive. Huge. Massive. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey, he might be, you know, inviting this dream team up to the up there to the capital. I got I got twenty one strong dream team. Yeah, I got to see. They should invite you all in to come talk to the president. He's got bigger fish to fry right now. I just got to tell you. There's this. There's this barrier, wall, bunker, whatever you want to call it. But here's the deal. I mean, you know, what we're doing, you got to talk about people and their lives and and how those, all those issues affect people's lives and, you know, that the border security, you know, you talk about the, the, the people that live on our side of that border that are getting run over Mm -hmm. um, and killed killed and, but for the, you know, what's sad is that for the Democrats, that hasn't mattered about how it's impacting people. Those yeah. angel moms? Yeah, I they know. Don't, they don't want to meet them. They don't want to talk to them. That is, that's, that's just wrong. I think American people should look hey, at that, Dave, and that should tell you a lot. Let me tell you something. Yes, ma'am. God won this war. 
God's already won this war. Yeah, yeah you're you right. Know? And so, man, somebody reminded me of that, you know, the other day, that God's won this war already. That he's in control. And that he's in control. <laughs> and we get real spun up, but he tells us to stay in this space, and he tells us to do this job, and we do it. And But he's won this fight, there and we go. got to have faith in that. All right. So i got to ask you a question. Probably not. was hoping I wouldn't ask about. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about ethics. We've had some really bad things happen over the last couple of years. Uh, we got people that are indicted. We got, uh, you know, um, Baker just got indicted. He's been out of the, out of work here in the Capitol for several years, in fact. And I remember when Gilbert was the only senator we had that was red here yeah. at the at the Capitol, and there were only four in the House, but. Uh, that's changed, and you've been on the committee that has been working on tightening up the the ethics bill. I liked a lot of the things that you guys came up with, you and Rayford and others. But now there's some new uh, blood in the Senate. Mark Johnson has some good ideas that I've seen that he's filed about taking away people's pensions if they are found uh, guilty of a felony while they're doing their official duties. Are you happy to see that there's people ready to put some teeth into this stuff? Well, I think we also have to expand the conversation about ethics. Um, you know, our, I chaired the ethics committee, um, not a job I asked to do, um, but that I was asked to do. Yeah. So I Somebody's okay. got to do it. <laughs> okay. Talk to Doug House about yeah, those things. I know. So, um, but now happy to do it and happy. Just I care so deeply about our Senate as, you know, the body of people. We're our citizens of the state. And this capital, this is the people's house. This is their people's capital. And so I'm so mindful of that. And so we need to always have a conversation about how we conduct ourselves professionally and ethically and how we can put some things in place, which we did with our, our Senate rules on ethics. Um, I hope that it gets extended over to the House. Um, but this is for the Senate, and it's how we operate with one another and making sure that we fully understand where those conflicts of interest arise and how those are very clear and transparent. And that's really how we attacked, you know, this issue in the Senate. Um, you know, people make choices, and they make poor choices, and there are consequences of those choices. That doesn't mean that everybody up here is a bad person at all. You know, we are citizens, and I sit in, I sit on a church pew with people that made poor choices. Um, and I, I sit in the Senate chamber with people that maybe have made poor choices. I mean, that's just people are people. And um, but, but I think that we have to have a high level of professionalism and I think there needs to be also that high-level professionalism with our lobbyists. And that's a whole other part of the conversation that we have yet to have, um, is that we should have some ethical standards and laws and training, I think, for our lobbyists as well. Um, that's become a problem up here, and uh, we need to attack that as well head-on. So I am actually working working on that as well. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm... I'm really happy to see that Mark Johnson wants to put some teeth because I'm one of those believers. Unless somebody can get bit in the butt, a lot of times they don't pay attention. I want to quickly say if you breach the public trust, there should be severe penalties. I agree. And I I want to say quickly, there are many, many, many good people serving in this state capital. 
absolutely. And there are exceptions, and the exceptions we now know who they are. Mm-hmm. And and some are uh, innocent until proven guilty, and we believe well, in our system. All are innocent until proven guilty. That's right. So right. Uh, we need to always keep that in mind. But I appreciate the work of the Senate and what they're attempting to do. I appreciate the work of the House. Uh, we've just got to help restore the people's trust in the systems that are in place. But as I once said, this all started in the Garden of Eden, and that darn <laughs> snake, you know, came up, and, right. and the rest is history, you know. That's exactly right. And so I think, you know, it, it's just so very important. I think we all have to have our own set of morality and our own set of ethics and code, and just being able to talk it through that and talk with one another and encourage each other to do the right thing is very important. And so we've, we've taken that head on in the Senate. I'm so proud of the Senate and what we've done, and I serve with the best people I really, really do. And those those people are from both parties. We may disagree vehemently on issues, but at the end of the day, it's about knowing that we are Arkansans. And I so appreciate that we have that collegiality, collegiality with each other in the Senate. And that's important for our state. You get better policy for the citizens when you can have that type of rapport with each other. Yeah. You're a better person than I am. <laughs> you know, I, I've said this more than once. I, I, I firmly believe, because there are good people, there are good people, that God walks the halls of this state capitol. Oh, yeah. But there are we serpents. Have people praying. There are serpents oh, behind yeah. many of the columns. Oh, sure. And uh, that's what we have to keep in mind, that God is here and the Spirit Like, get out of here, Satan. Like, when my kids are fighting at my house, I'm like, okay, just get out of my house. Like, now, let me, let me, I don't quick need story. you in here. Okay, quickly. Quick story. Quick story. Ralph Forbes, many years ago, back Back in the early 80s, wanted to stop the celebration of Halloween, and he needed to get service on the devil. And the way you got service, as he said at the time, is you come to the rotunda of the state capitol, you read the Bible, and surely Satan will appear. And I won't, I will not say which governor it was uh, that appeared, but I, you know, the rest is history. Right. We're out of time, uh, thanks. Missy. Thanks for coming. I'll see you again on Wednesday. We'll have yeah. a lot more to talk about about those big initiatives. So that you excited! All have. I, I want people to follow us on Twitter. Um, Republican Women's Legislative Caucus is on Twitter. Hashtag Dream big AR. Okay. Dream big. All the right, Doyle, thanks Governor, for always glad to be here. Anytime. Did I say governor? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> he was governor hey, Ellswick, good to be here. He was looking, <laughs> hey, he was looking in got a crystal a ball. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll, we got more coming your way. Robert Steinbach joining <laughs> us in the next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, good to be back. Uh, we have been here on in the Capitol for this first hour. We're on the... Um, Third floor, house side of the uh, of the chamber here at the Capitol. Uh, Robert Steinbach will be joining us in a few moments. We have some other folks that will be joining us here uh, in the, the near uh, future. I know that, uh, I'm trying to think, Brant Smith, I believe, four state representative up in uh, Jonesboro, is going to be here at 4? That's the, that's the plan. And then we have um, Senator Cooper. So it's okay. going to be 4.30. Uh, 4.30, okay. Yeah, so he's, 4 he's, o'clock looks uh, like it's going to be big. 5 o'clock, Conduit News will join us okay. by phone. Uh, Robert Steinbach will be here any moment. He's meeting, from what I understand, uh, with some senators right okay. now for different legislation uh, that is uh, being hammered out. I'm okay. sure one of those has to do with uh, freedom of, uh, of speech. Uh, everybody knows about the Senate bill that has been filed uh, that several of the universities don't like because they don't want your kids to be able to to have free speech. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. 
And for once, I'm hoping that all Republicans will unite around that and say, no, free speech is the norm, not abnormal. It's been abnormal for a few years now. We're talking about publicly funded university campuses, and we've got cases where it's basically the kids are being threatened with some sort of sanctions if they stand on the sidewalk and engage in free speech? Is that yeah, what you're talking well, about? Yeah, well, that and if they happen to be uh, working with uh, organizations that, they get that may mm-hmm. upset somebody, you know, it might be, I uh, can't remember the name of the, 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 the one that put out fire and some other things uh, that I got to know at CPAC, but one university told them they couldn't be on... Uh, the ASU property uh, because of um, they got to tell people who got who who could be there and who couldn't be there and and made them leave because they they didn't like their political viewpoint and that's folks that's just plain wrong. So where did they think they got the authority to tell people they couldn't be on public property? Well, they get the idea because it's the way they want it and they think that they're the grand potentate of the university or whatever and believe that they can tell people what they can think and what they can't think and so, if they won't think the way the university wants to think they won't let the, the university won't let them even say what it is that they think well, so basically are you telling me that they're they're treating this public property like it's their own personal private yes, property absolutely it is they're protecting well they're protecting uh, a kid maybe or a few that don't like uh, the views of uh, of a few others, and here's the key: you both should be able to hash this out. You you know, if you don't believe what the other person says, here's what helps when somebody uses free speech, more free speech. That's the other side who doesn't believe in what you do, and and you get together and you debate and you talk and you do things like that, and then. Uh, maybe minds are changed, maybe minds aren't, but you can get together and talk to each other. So, so long as it's not defamation, you know, how is it a violation of anybody's rights if you just go out and say a bunch of stupid stuff that's, it may be stupid, but at the end of the day, Look, if it's not harming other people, why should government intervene? If they're going to allow Ocasio to get up and, and say the things that, that she says most of the time and say that's okay, then... Anybody should be able to basically stand up and say something because she says some of the most dumb, uh, dumb stuff that I've ever heard. And Harris is running a close second now, but she's doing it because she's now said that she's running for president. Mm. You know, on the Democrat side, get ready. You're going to hear things that you won't believe. You're going to hear that we can give Medicare health care to everybody and we can afford it. You're going to be told that we can do college for free. Well, we can print money, I guess. And I'm just saying, well... Can we, can we plant some more money trees? No. They're going to need a whole... They're going to need acres upon acres of money trees. I mean, they're talking $10 trillion just on Medicare alone. That's not including what is it going to cost to put people into college for free. And the people who are going to college for free, many of them don't even deserve to be in college. I mean... You may not have the wherewithal to to be a college student. Well, when we when we have government handing out resources, which college is a resource, 
what ends up happening a lot of times is we end up squandering resources. We misallocate resources when we have government giving it away for free. We need a pricing table. It needs to cost us something to have these different services, i.e. resources. And when it doesn't cost us anything, we end up using using these resources in, in a foolish manner. Well, here's the key. You know this, and I know this, and I believe the majority of our listeners know this. And that is, there is no such thing as free. (laughs) Somebody is paying for this, whether it be uh, they're going to raise your taxes and you're going to help pay for it, or they're not, but somebody who makes more money than you do is going to pay more taxes on what they make so that uh, you can go uh, to college uh, on your own and not have to pay anything. And if you do that, I think basically what this is, is you go next door to your neighbor and take money out of their uh, savings or checking account, and you write a check against them, sign your name to it, and it goes to the university of your choice. Right. Or you just counter, you, you just fraudulently, um, 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 what is the term I'm looking for? Um, forge their signature yeah. on it. And at the end of the day, it's theft. Why don't we call it what it is? Well, it's going to be the government's going to take the money from everybody. That's right. what's going to happen. And the bottom line is they take it forcibly. It'll be if you don't pay the amount of taxes you've been told to pay, then the full weight of the government will come down on your shoulders. Which means guns. Yes. Ultimately. And uh, in time in court that you don't have the money to pay for. Ultimately, what we're talking about here is using government to force some left-wing socialist agenda or, in some cases, uh, other types of agendas onto the American people and taxpayers. And if if the people, if the American people don't comply, guns are used. Now, here's the key. The people of this nation have got to understand. It's got to get to the point that when you say, but you're charging this person or this or that person X amount of dollars to have this program, and they say, oh, no, that won't happen. We'll just get it from the, the big multi-billionaire uh, companies that are out there. Folks, if you take the necessary money from the companies to do this, the amount of money that would be raised in the course of a year wouldn't cover a full year for the program. <laughs> you need to do you know, the math and get with these organizations to understand that it does, it's not as easy as saying, well, everybody's got to pay X amount of dollars because when it gets to the bottom... They're going to take all the money well, you have or a majority of it to use for their program. And the thing is that when you impose new taxes, a lot of times people modify their behavior. You tax me enough, I might just quit working. Yeah, well, what do you do? What are you going to tell the people who say, my kid's not going to go to college. He doesn't want to go to college, so we're not sending him to college. Do you lower their taxes? Of no, course not. No, no, That's no. not what they'll do. It's you just, might give them an increase. It's the same way that it's it happens with public education. Right. Uh, they charge you exactly the same amount as a person has somebody in school to keep that person right. in school, even though you have nobody that you're right. and supporting you, you in school. You never intend to put them in school. I mean, I, I don't have any kids. I never intend to put children in public school, even if I have a dozen of them. I, I don't intend to do it. 
but yet I still have to pay tons, thousands of dollars every year. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, taxes. you own a lot of property, right. yeah, and I'm, that's I'm, basically where the money comes from. Investor, right? And so, I, so I, that's that's one of the biggest types of taxes I pay is um, property taxes, and uh, I don't. Some of them I don't even get to vote on because I don't happen to live in a district where I would get to vote on those property taxes. And so it's it's frustrating, and so much of it goes to public schools, which I hate. 61 cents of every dollar here in the state it's, of Arkansas. It's frustrating. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, we've got to get a break in. Let's get to break. Robert Steinbach will be with us in the near future. We've got other guests that are coming as well. State Representative Smith from up in Jonesboro is going to join us. State uh, Senator Cooper. Cooper is going to join us in the next hour. Robert Steinbach is going to join us here shortly. I will be back to continue to talk with you along with Paul Calvert here at the Capitol, third floor house side on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, it's 20 minutes after 3. We've got uh, Robert Steinbach. He'll be with us in a moment. He's meeting with some state senators right now. And uh, when he's done, he'll mosey on up here to the third floor and and uh, join us Uh State Senator Cooper will be here uh, in the near future, as will State Representative uh, Smith, who will be joining us today as well. I wanted to remind you about what PI Roofing is up to. PI Roofing and Home Solutions, excited to tell you about that they have bought uh, Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. And if you've been a customer of uh, Tommy's, you can know that the folks at PI Roofing will uh, use their very great professional crew to uh, continue providing the highest quality gutter cleaning services at a great value to you. And on top of that, if you've been uh, using Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services, now you'll be able to use uh, PI Roofing and, uh, you know, Home Solutions. Uh, You'll be able to use them to take care of your Roofing, they comprehensively take care of your roof. Uh, they do home repair repairs as well. Great expertise in that. I have to give them a call, have them come out, look, and tell me my son-in-law put his foot through the ceiling of my mm-hmm. of my home. And luckily, it was over in the garage side, so nobody sees it every time that they sit down in the living room. So I need to get somebody over to, to patch that up, and they could do that for me. You can learn more about what PI Roofing can do for you. They're great people. Uh, Joel uh, Johnson has a great, great thing that they do at PI Roofing. It's piroofing.com, piroofing.com. And I see another guest of ours making their way over right now. We'll get them sitting down sitting down with us. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Yang coming. Ken Yang. Yep, he's going to join us uh, from the family council. Here he comes right now. And uh, he'll talk with us about what what they're up to, what they're trying to do during the, the, this session. Uh, what are the big issues for them? Hi, Ken. How are you doing? Good. Need you oh. to move up on that microphone, guy. Oh. Here, you, I got a piece of paper for you. If you oh, need fantastic. It. Just use the back of that. All right. So you tell me, um, what is it that you know Jerry Cox and you all are are up to? From the Family Council here during this session, what are the big issues that are you all are facing? Well, one of the bigger issues that we tried to tackle last session was uh, freedom of conscience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, throughout history, I can't remember, was it Madison? Oh, I can't remember who said that, like, 
conscience was their most important right that we had. Okay. It's a good thing to say. Yes. And uh, By the way, he's he's huffing and puffing because he just came up yeah, two flights of stairs. Well, and I, and I ran, ran here, so I'm trying to catch my breath. But not <laughs> That's a long run from much. West Little Rock. So <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But, uh, you know, currently healthcare providers or people in the healthcare industry, their conscience aren't protected with their deeply held religious beliefs. And we want to have people to be able to say, hey, I don't want to participate in this. This is not, you know, what I believe in, or this is against my conscience. Yeah. And they should be able to say, you know, you need to go find someone else that want to, wants to provide the service to you. Of course, we're not talking about uh, life-sustaining type treatment, emergency treatment. You know, if they go into an emergency room and they're dying, they won't be able to say no. Right. Um, but we're talking about, you know, simple things. Um you know, any type of relig- deeply held religious uh, beliefs that you may think of where people can say no, you know, prescribing a young boy hormone blockers, mm-hmm. uh, being part for, of for a, a sex change for, for a right. sex change or even being part of a sex change operation right. Procedure, right. Um, and things of that sort. Okay. So that that's one uh, thus far as you've, you've talked to senators and legis and, uh, you know, representatives, what's been there? say on this kind of stuff? Well, I think a lot, you know, it failed in committee last time. I think it got eight votes. Uh, The governor's office and the Surgeon General came out against it. And so hopefully we can find some common ground to uh, make some compromises and get it passed. And so we're kind of in that stage, hopeful, um, you know, not like, oh, it's going to pass, but not, oh, it's going to fail. So we're kind of hopeful, working with the governor's office, talking to the Surgeon General, Working with legislators, uh, Representative Brant Smith will still carry it this year. Good. Um, he's going to be on our show here in about an hour. Good. We'll talk Good. to him about that. Good. Uh, it's, and he he wanted to carry it again because he's very passionate about uh, conscience and that issue. Okay. So we have that. Um, we have uh, well, we want to protect uh, adoption and foster care. Uh, businesses and the industry. Are you guys trying to find a way that it's easier to adopt? Because it's difficult to adopt many times. You know, I don't think that's been part of our conversation. I think the main conversation we've had is we've seen across the U.S. in places like Illinois, Chicago, Mm -hmm. where the government has essentially shut down Christian adoption agencies. Uh, because why they, does this not surprise me? I grew up around that area. I know what they're like. <laughs> and so, and, and many on the West Coast, where you know they're the Christian adoption agencies are coming under attack because of their uh, uh, religious uh, beliefs. And you know what's funny is you know they'll say, "Well, they they they're discriminating." Well, in places like Chicago, where where they got sued, the place they got sued was. Uh, adoption agency that didn't want to adopt to a gay couple. Literally miles up the road, there was an adoption agency that would have adopted to that gay couple. So they were targeted. Yes. And that's kind of what, what we're seeing around the U.S., and we want to attempt to protect the foster. and. So, so basically, you, you've got some religious institutions that are trying to help out in the adoption well, world. Yes. And they don't really want to place children with people who they believe are sexually immoral. And they it seems reasonable that maybe they shouldn't be forced to do that. 
I mean, what's the I mean, difference it, in yeah. using that as part of your, you know, terminology or, um, I don't know the exact word here, that you believe in? I mean, you'd want the couple who wants to adopt to be able to support the child. So you could say, if you make under this amount of money, we wouldn't consider you for adoption. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I'm we can go to another well, adoption why, why, why agency it, at that yeah, point. Why is it so bad for government to, you know, to even impose standards on people for adoption from a morality standpoint? I mean, well, it's not the government though. This is the well, government. This is a, right, a right. you know a non-governmental right, a entity. entity. Yeah, the government telling a non and and if you talk to some of the more religious adoption agencies, not only in this state but in other states, they they said you know if the government came down on us. We'd have no choice but to close. They're closed. That's because, exactly because right. Because they're not going to help. They're they, not going to break their conscience. Right. These yeah, immoral people. So we to, go back to the exact same thing we right. talked about yeah. initially. Right. So, so then, then you end up with shortages and more people having trouble with it, with adoption problems. Correct. Perhaps. Correct. Um, we have a you know resolutions don't to don't do too much, but uh, years ago. Um, I think back in the 90s, Family Council worked on physician-assisted suicide. Uh, That's important know, now because back, it's really you know, back, back then, picking it up. Back then when people wanted to be proactive uh, and pass things to protect Arkansans, and we were proactive saying, hey, this isn't a situation now, but it will probably become a situation in the future. And you see on the West Coast where uh, states are passing uh, the legalization of physician-assisted suicide, where even New Mexico is attempting to pass not only physician assisted suicide, but say, hey, if you're from a different state, come on. We'll, we'll uh, help you with uh, physician assisted right. suicide. Yeah. And so we have a resolution kind of reaffirming Arkansas' well, stance being against physician assisted suicide. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave this for us as we go to break because we've got news coming up. I don't know if our listeners have read the story, but in Denmark, where they've had assisted suicide for quite some time now, 25% of all deaths in Denmark are now physician-assisted suicides. Let that sink in a little bit. Let that sink in a little bit. Yeah, it's real significant as far as I'm concerned. All right, we got news coming up, and then Paul and I will be back with Ken Yang. He's with the... Folks from the family council, it's good to have them here. Yes. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what uh, uh, they're looking at uh, as this session goes on and keeping their eyes on. Because I'm going to tell you what, things just jump out out of nowhere. Here is the news. Yep, sitting here on the third floor of the state capitol, right outside the house chambers. They're still evidently meeting. I haven't heard, seen them adjourn yet. And it looks like the Redcoats are sticking their heads out right now. But I'm not seeing a lot of of uh, people that are sitting out and looking to stay here and waiting for them to come out. So I don't know if the lobbyists aren't there. Maybe they've got, well, I'm seeing some leaving. I'm seeing, I've seen a few people leave. Yeah, I saw some downstairs. Okay, well, then maybe they've started doing uh, committee meetings now this afternoon. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you, you you got to keep an eye on these guys. Yep. They'll do the they'll do their committee meetings sometimes in the morning, 
Other times they do them in the afternoon after they get out of session. Yeah. And they don't have to exit that front door. they got no. back doors. they got other ways they go out, <laughs> and in case you've been watching for them. Ken Yang's our guest, of course, from over at the, uh, the Family Council. What's Jerry doing today? He's at the office uh, working. Working the phones, huh? <laughs> he works the phones a lot. I know he does. And he is a great watchdog for uh, people who have as I like to say, Judeo-Christian belief. Yeah, I mean, uh, we really, we have a couple people in the office that look, literally look at every single, or the list of every single bill that gets filed and kind of looks through them. So who's doing that? Is it you? Is it... Uh, uh, David does a lot of that. I do, I do some of that. Um, and, you know, a lot of times there there are some uh, bills that are filed with the, the best of intentions but have mm-hmm. unintended consequences. Yeah. And, you know, there's always just a nice to be, hey, you know, you might want to take a look at this. This is not probably not what you meant for it to do. Little things like that. It gets kind of hard. We miss some every now and then, but uh, we try, try our very you best. You catch the, most of them. You guys talk these things. So do, do you guys sit down in the morning and have coffee together and talk about stuff? No, we have one too many staff meetings for my taste. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it has to be done. And, um, you know, you know, it's if you don't catch it, then obviously you're, you're blame, blamed for it. Yeah. And then uh, if you do catch it, you know, people think that you're kind of, uh, you know, trying to uh, – undermine them where you're not you're just trying to you know help them out sometimes we disagree with people that we still like yeah exactly i I, I spoke against a bill um the other day and he was one of my favorite senators but i still spoke against his bill but i I wasn't mean about it i I agreed with a lot of his with a lot of his um his premises but i just had a little bit different strategy and we can still be friends yeah and we are and we are still friends yeah yeah well that's the key the key is understanding you know, ninety percent of the time, you guys see eye to eye, and maybe a ten percent you don't, and you just they'll listen to you because you've been backing them, and they want to know what you have a problem with. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of strategy, and, and you know, strategy points. That's one of the the things that I'm I'm least concerned about from a from a moral standpoint or whatever else is that you know, I, we have strong disagreements in some cases with some people because their moral compass is broken. Mm-hmm. In, in this case, in this particular bill, it wasn't about a moral issue so much. It's just a strategy point. It's like, you know, how, how do we fix this problem or some of the, some of these problems and whatnot? And sometimes we have different um, ideas about what is the best approach, yeah. but we still want to fix the problems. Yeah. And I tell you, a lot of it's, like you said, it, it's strategy. It's uh, knowing the process, you know, as I tell my coworkers. Uh, family council that you know you're a lot better off just to pick up the phone and call the sponsor than trying to talk to that person trying to do that person and they get offended that well why don't you just come talk to me and you know you're just a lot better off just knowing the process talking to the people most everyone here is open-minded to to changes and to ideas and uh, so on and so forth and so um you know like i said we do our best trying to look at it keep keep people that are on our uh, email list updated day to day and then you know once we start uh, filing uh, some of our uh, bills for th- with our legislative package obviously we'll keep more and more people uh, uh, updated okay i just wanted to make sure that uh, 
you know, you guys keep any any life bills or anything like that uh, this um, session? We, we, we plan on uh, filing some uh, pro-life bills. Uh, we have like a prenatal hospice bill, uh, making sure that uh, uh, children that are born that are terminally ill have the option of, of hospice, uh, that the parents have the option of counseling uh, before and after the birth and after the death. Jason, uh, their child. Jason Raper has a pro life. Uh, Jason he's, Raper he's, has. He's got a, a basically a, 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 a full on abortion ban. Yeah, a, a, if, a, a if, the, if the Supreme Court Supreme rules it. And so we've been stops trash talking to Senator Raper for with that, and then we got a couple of other pro life bills that we'll be filing that you know keep a keep an eye out. For. I just I just got some information, guys. Yeah. Uh, knowing here, let me go back to where I was. There it is. Uh, just gotten word that Speaker Pelosi has invited President Trump to give the State of the Union on Tuesday, February 5th. Mm. Look at her. How, how nice of her. Yeah. <laughs> She's you know, I'm sure that was part of the details and uh, what the president did about reopening the government and things of that nature. So we'll, we'll see what the, the lefties in the Democrat Party have to say about that. Should be, they'll probably say, well, I'm not coming. Which I would say, good. <laughs> you know, we're glad you're not coming because you don't believe in America anyway. That's right. That's right. Sweet, sweet I don't know is. if y'all talked about, you know, you, that, that state rep that uh, wanted l- l- more lenient sentences for those members of ISIS. Oh, I didn't There's see a, that. The congresswoman. Okay. Um, Thank you, Zach, for keeping me up to date on that. So we are on Facebook and we are out on uh, radio as awesome. well. So that's good. That's always a, it's yes. a good thing. All right, so you all, uh, is there? do you see anything that's out there percolating except for red flag laws that they keep, they keep saying that they're going to put it forth, but they haven't yet? I mean, you can put a bill uh, out into uh, the arena uh, here in the House or the Senate up to the last day of the yep. session. I wouldn't suggest it because you probably no. won't be heard. No, I you know I really haven't heard of anything else you know too big. You got the you know the the gun gun bills, red flag laws. You got the you know tax bills, whether it's the gas and diesel tax or the uh, internet tax. And I know that one's already been filed. What's going to be interesting um, is on the diesel and gas tax. The mm-hmm. governor said he doesn't support it at all, and has been saying it now for about a year and a half. And if the governor said that. It should be a no, a no, a, a zero starter for yeah. people of his own party. Well, we plan on, um, you know, family council actually uh, years ago. We do a little tax stuff every now and then. Yeah. Um, and back in '91, uh, Bill Clinton raised like a ton of taxes, and one of them was putting a tax on used cars. And so, throughout the years, family councils worked with legislators. I think in the uh, late '90s. We had the first twenty five hundred. If your car was used, car was twenty five hundred dollars or less. You were exempt from taxes. We moved that up to four thousand. Now we're trying to move that up. And Gilbert Baker higher. was one of the big supporters of that. Yes, just um, for everybody wanting to paint him with black brush. Just know <laughs> in two thousand eleven, he, did some he good worked things. really hard to get that uh, passed to, to make. Uh, it, it really shouldn't be taxed anyway. That's correct. But uh, you know, you know how it is. Once you tax something, the yeah. state probably is not going. Or the, the, the pigs don't want. They want to lose all that money. <laughs> so we're trying to raise that four thousand up to something a little higher to account for inflation. Um, 
you know, we're going to do some homeschool stuff. There's always homeschool bills to do. And yes, there is. Homeschooling dealing with school choice or homeschooling dealing with, you know, the Succeed Scholarship with the uh, uh, special needs students. And, uh, you know, we have homeschool day at the Capitol coming up on uh, February 26th. Oh, good. And so that's, for the your listeners that don't know, that's where well over a thousand uh, uh Students, uh, families, uh, you know, 300, 400 plus families here are at the Capitol uh, homes, you know, just to show. I get it set up for you, Ken. We'll, we'll, we'll do the whole show on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've seen how many people are. Oh, here yeah. It's huge. Yeah. They're everywhere. I mean, over 20,000 students are homeschooled in Arkansas now. Third, it would be the third largest school district if you put them all in one yes. district. Um, and so we got that coming up. We got Pastor's Day at the Capitol coming up on the 28th. Uh, basically, we'll have church service here at the Capitol. We want to encourage uh, pastors, ministers, everyone faith-based that this is not that scary of a place. Come. Your legislators need your prayers. Your legislators need you here to cheer them on, to pray for them, to tell them when they're not doing something right. Uh, and so that's on the 28th. Uh, pastors will be here. I don't know who our main pastor will be speaking, but I know Tommy Land will be the keynote uh, government uh, statewide official speaking, giving his testimony. And Senator Gary Stubblefield will be the oh, good. state legislator giving his testimony. Gary's a good man. Yes. Absolutely. He was here uh, last week uh, when I had uh, Tom Coburn on okay. uh, from over in Oklahoma. For you who don't know who <clears throat> Tom Coburn is, he was a uh, U.S. senator from Oklahoma one of the most loved conservative uh, senators uh, from his time. He's been gone now for a few years. He was kind of known for having a spine. Uh, yeah, yes. that's an understatement, to be honest. But uh, he's he does great. He's done great things and continues uh, with the uh, uh, conference on the on the on the states and all of that convention of states. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, finish up with Ken Yang. As we continue, and uh, Robert Steinbach should be with us here in the near future as well. Four o'clock hour, State Senator Cooper and State Representative Smith will all join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Crony capitalism protection. All right, we are back here at State Capitol, third floor, house side. Uh, if you're listening on the radio and you're listening at home, you can... Why well, just listen? You can watch it, too. Go to facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, you'll find us on Facebook Live right now and can watch it as well as listening to it. If you're in your car, 101.1 FM, the answer. And uh, if you're not there right now, then you're not hearing me. Just the way it works. <laughs> got to tune in to be able to hear me. All right, we've got, a lot, we've got some more people coming up in the next hour you'll want to hear. Uh, we've got State Representative Brian Smith, Brant Smith, Brant Smith, coming up from uh, Jonesboro. And then we have uh, State Senator Cooper, who's going to, he's sitting here, but he's waiting patiently to come on the air. He found, uh, a, found a bench to sit at on. At 435, he's going to join us here. Uh, Robert Steinbach should be here, I would hope, in the next, no later than the next 10 minutes. I'll be sending him a, a meet, uh, you know, a, a text here in a moment and saying, hey, don't forget, you're supposed to be on the radio right now. I know you're meeting with some senators, but, they, you know, tell them. You'll take one more question from them and then you're coming up here. And then uh, the Conduit News people will join us by phone uh, in the last hour with Robert Steinbach and myself. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, their scorecard. They're giving out a weekly scorecard now for what uh, 
you know what the uh, legislature is up to so we'll we'll find out what brendan joe have to say about that with that all <laughs> said uh what do we got uh, that uh, next half hour that we're going to hear from uh, mr smith what's he want to talk about um i was assuming he, he was was he one of the ones that was um was he the one that had some about uh, campus free speech, or was it? Was well, it I think else? that's something he supports, but yeah, I think, I think you uh, were talking about the conscience bill, right? Well, conscience bill, and uh, and I actually forgot about campus free speech. Just the forum bill that uh, Senator Ballinger and Representative Dan Sullivan, which Dan's right. from the same same region, filed, and we've worked with uh, Representative Sullivan Senator, on that. Senator Hammer as well. Um, yes, yes, and uh, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom has, is supporting uh, that. Bill, along with Alec, uh, supporting that bill, and just you know, pretty pretty simple concept: free speech on uh, campus. The public Gosh. university shouldn't be uh, quashing freedom of speech. Gosh, who was raising that issue two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had I've I've played a little bit in that one behind yeah. the scenes, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you had that incident in, in uh, ASU. ASU. And what was the name of the group? Was it Turning Point? Turning Point. Yep. That's who it was. I mean, they they just had a table. Yep. And they came out and said, you can't do this. Pick up your table and get off campus. Yeah. You're not allowed here. Hmm. So we have a forum, forum at, you know, free, free speech on college campus, and it's been fully vetted and passed in multiple multiple states around the nation. And uh, I think uh, Representative Sullivan and Senator Ballinger's kind of taken flight how, with it. Think about that. How ridiculous. We've got the First Amendment. And people are passing additional laws saying what you may or you may not yeah. talk about. Well, part of it is they're not even passing laws. They're just making up their own rules. Yeah. Well, that's as, true. In some cases, <laughs> as, if, as if this public property Colleges is, are known to do that. is their own <laughs> personal property. You know, it's one thing if I tell people, you know, you can't talk about that in my front yard. Yeah. If you want to talk about that, you get out in the street or get on the sidewalk mm-hmm. where it's public property, my property, my rules. That's one thing. But we're talking about public places here that are publicly funded. Mm-hmm. Or subsidized, yeah. uh, you know. I don't think these these college professors or administrators should be allowed to just make up their own rules. And, and the issue is, what's funny is, in, in most cases, not all the cases around the nation, when you take them to court, the university usually says, "Okay, yeah, we were wrong." They sorry. capitulate. That's yes, right. but but the problem is, we want universities to stop. Uh, 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 picking on wasting this, our money, yeah, wasting our money, picking on conservative groups can, or groups that they just don't like. But can we um, can we make the administrators pay for for this litigation out of their own personal pockets too? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, and that's why they do what they do. Yeah. And it's the same way when you got Ben Shapiro or or Ann Coulter or somebody who wants to come and speak at a university, yeah. and they say, "Oh no." We can't allow that to happen because some people get upset about that. They might cause a big ruckus and uh, we'll have problems protecting Mr. Shapiro. So he'll have to take out, you know, um, X amount of dollar uh, insurance policy to protect himself. That's ridiculous. And hire multiple, you know, bodyguards. Yes, absolutely. Perhaps because the school actually created this gun-free zone killing center no it's just because they're <laughs> well, being, no, and they're, they're being, being who they are and they've been look they were this way on the right back in the late 60s early 70s because i fought against it then and and, and the more front front line kind of thing with free speech movement but now they're doing it from the left mm-hmm. yeah. it's not right from either side right. yeah. at, the, yeah. at the end of the day free speech is not about 
Whether you like it or not, it's it about free speech. Right. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's the right to say things that are offensive to people. Yeah, we have to have bills to protect free speech and conscience. And what do, what do we always say? When you're battling about free speech, to make sure that people have free speech, you have to have more free speech. <laughs> That's the way it works. Just the way it works. Whether you like to hear it or not, if you don't want to hear... Somebody from the right, say Ben Shapiro, or you don't want to hear somebody to the left, mm. like uh, Kamala Harris, speak at a university. Don't go. Don't go. Right. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. It's not It's not rocket scientists. It's the same right. way I talk about if you don't want to watch something on television, sure. change the channel. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, how is it violating my rights for someone to say something that's offensive to me? It, if it's not defamatory or something of that nature. Unless they're saying something like, I think everybody who sees Paul uh, Calvert should throw a buoy knife at him. Right. That, w- that would be uh, right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's inciting, inciting criminal activity. That's correct. In, in, encouraging criminal activity. And so that there's, there's, there's that as well. But at the end of the day, if someone just says, you know, Paul Calvert is ugly. You know, that's a matter of opinion. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're not. But it doesn't violate my rights. I will not answer that question. <laughs> Are you saying I have a face for radio? <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. I'm being smart here. All right? Just that's the way to be smart on something like that. Right. But at the end of the day, if someone wants to make that statement, it doesn't violate me. If, if I want to make that statement, it doesn't violate someone else. Can we just get over the fact that sometimes people are offensive and... and it's just yep. a fact of life. Well, it's like it used to be when you went to college. They would always, you know, you, they'd always have their concerts. They'd bring a music group in mm-hmm. or something like that. Normally, at least one of them would be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Now, very few universities will bring comedians. comedians to their universities because they don't want the snowflakes to get. You know, upset about well, it. A lot of people. We'll, br- we'll bring them out to Hendrix. We'll bring them at Hendrix because we we know which ones are super super liberal. <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones who are going to do the Trump jokes. Huh? Yeah. Tell, tell, the, tell the, the the correct off color jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they just can't be off color. Well, it depends on which direction they're going. Well, that probably might be true, but it. it I'm just saying, I know how the left works as well as I know how the supreme right works. It's kind of, they both work kind of the same way, and they both lead to the same thing, totalitarianism. That's something people got to get used to, too, and figuring that one out. Yep. All right, so uh, what bill number should we be watching? Do you know which one is the... Uh, you said one is a, what, a, Ooh, a joint resolution? The joint resolution hasn't been filed yet. The free speech one, and I can't remember what it, it is, SB, I think it's SB 146 maybe. Okay. It's in the, obviously it's in the low 100s uh, by Senator Ballinger. Um, and, uh, but probably this week we'll be filing a lot more bills. I'm waiting just, for it. <clears throat> we've just been kind of taking it, taking it easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all we had was one day that they filed 300 and something bills. Come on, those are pikers. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're but, not, they're not even do, with the program on, yet. We uh, uh, trying to stop, uh, not stop, but trying to find a way to uh, address this commercial surrogacy issue that we have okay. where uh, women, young women, are being targeted of buying and selling eggs and being oh, almost wow. exploited. And so we'll probably be introducing legislation addressing buying and Next selling Next time of, I have you on, I definitely want to talk about yep. that. All right. That's some of the things you should be watching for as this session continues. we got news coming your way. We'll do the news, 
And then uh, we're going to have State Representative Smith and State Senator Cooper and hopefully Robert Steinbach in the next hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's keep this going here on another broadcast day from the state capitol during the General Assembly, 92nd. We're on the third floor, House side, and we've got some different legislators that are coming up. Let's go ahead and see if Senator Cooper does want to come over, Paul. Grant Smith is on his way, actually. Oh, he's on his yeah, way. All right, said. so he's, yep. he's going to join us here then in just a moment, and we want him to know that, you know, we don't want to throw him to the side and <laughs> then he have to sit here and wait so right. uh, Senator Cooper is knowing that he's coming up at 4.30 will join us at the bottom of the hour but Brent Smith's coming up we found out that uh, he's person that's uh, I don't know if he's sponsoring or co-sponsoring uh, this piece of legislation with uh, Family Life dealing with uh, uh, conscience but we want to talk to him about that and then we want to talk to him about the the Freedom of Speech Act because uh, where he uh, is uh, running, we're not running, but uh, his district has ASU in it. Okay. So we okay. definitely want to talk to him about it. And it seems like all the other universities have kind of capitulated over to ASU to um, you know answer the questions that the universities want. Uh, answer. I don't know what kind of kind of answer you're looking for uh, about freedom of speech. I, I just don't uh, get it. I, I guess if some kid stands up in in class and starts uh, cursing or something, maybe they think that they should be able to remove him from the class if he's being dis- disruptive. disruptive. That, I would a, think that's, a, that's all you need. That's a, that's a different issue from yeah, free speech. Absolutely, and, 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 and um, people use that. As an example, to stop which is freedom of speech, right? It's like people say, "Well, well, you don't have total freedom of speech because you can't yell fire in a crowded theater." That's not an example of free speech. No, that's a lie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that's not an example of free speech unless unless there truly is a fire in a crowded theater. Then you should yell fire, I guess. So, uh, State Representative Brant Smith, Brant Smith is here and. Uh, had a new suit, man. I didn't see that it's two years ago. It's my gangster suit. Uh-huh. It looks good. <laughs> it looks good. Look, everybody watching on Facebook Live, stand up for a second. Look at that looks good, don't he? He looks really good. He's looking great. Have a, have a sit there, state representative. And and the first thing I wanted to talk um, talk about is uh, I'm laughing at some answers I'm getting from a producer back at the station. Uh the Freedom of Speech Bill. I know you're interested in this. Isn't ASU, uh, they've kind of ticked you off about what well, happened over there. they didn't tick me off, but... Uh, you weren't happy with them. Oh, of course not. And, <laughs> but you know what? That, uh, I was there when all of that happened. Yeah, I know you and, were. Uh, we're going to bring that lady on the show. Well, by we the way. had a, a meeting in one of the back rooms for an event that night, and uh, that topic came up about these students and this organization not being able to present themselves openly on campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the courts showed that they had a lot more rights up there than they were led to believe. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, it was settled, and there was, uh, I think, a financial uh, payout hit for that. Really payout. good. So, uh, so the taxpayers should be sure. had to pay for the, the, well, the illegal activity by the college administrator you know i haven't heard anything since i think they've uh 
kind of backed away mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a great uh, uh, Dr. Kelly Damphus I think he probably handled that as best he could mm-hmm. coming in you know as our chancellor and uh, was he just starting I think so okay maybe he actually may not have been there very long when that all happened mm-hmm. so uh, he's been a breath of fresh air and I think I don't think he has any enemies up there he just does things right as quickly as he can so i'm proud of him well i'll be honest with you that was a couple of years ago yes and i got involved in all of that asu put me over the edge on that one because sure. to say you can't come and be on our campus is like say what hmm. you know well you look at every every other group that targets our campuses and they're they're socialists they're angry antifa types hmm. yeah. anarchists Anarchist, and so then all of a sudden, when you've got a conservative group that wants to be there, capitalist, uh, yeah, capitalist, <laughs> uh, they're not allowed. And I think that was a good lesson for a state. And uh, but it, it was a painful lesson, but it was a lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see because there's going to be a piece of legislation going through <laughs> both is. the House and the Senate that is going to make sure, hopefully, that doesn't happen ever again at sure. any campus here in the state. Well, and I don't think it will. I mean, you may have. I don't want to see any more safe zones. No, I don't mm-hmm. either. Free and, uh, zones. Especially when they're placed in such an out-of-the-way location where mm-hmm. nobody can get their message out. Yeah, well, and, and, so, I agree. And isn't kind of what happens is that you know, if I was going to college campus, I'm not a student. I could stand anywhere on a, in a campus on a sidewalk and pass out pamphlets. Maybe, and and, and they probably Maybe. won't, and they probably won't do much to me because they can't Maybe. say, "Well, I'll kick you out of school, or we'll reduce your grades, or sanction you in some way." Like, go for it. I don't, I don't, I don't attend here anyway, and so I can just, I can push their, I can push the limits and say, "Look, I can, I can call their bluff." Whereas a student may be intimidated out of that, but by being at the fear of maybe being kicked out of school or. Or something of that nature. Well, and that's pretty powerful leverage to mm-hmm. use you against the believe student. it. Yep. And, you know, we've got a lot of sharp, young students mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, conservatives, Republicans mm-hmm. oh, that are students. They're the ones that really upset that, the that other was ones. It. <laughs> but, you know, when you take an authority figure that kind of comes down hard and you're beginning to wonder as a student, is this going to impact my grade or yep. am I going to lose my opportunity to finish my degree here? That is heavy on their hearts, you know, as far as stress right. goes and anxiety. Sure. So, right. Absolutely. I mean, that just makes sense. And that's something that we see. That's something that's out in the open that happens. What happens in the classroom? Right. I mean, that, yep. that's the other thing that you got to worry about because – you know, I I never was told this, but I did have uh, friends that were told if you write about that subject in this class, you might as well know that you're not going to get anything but a C or, <laughs> or less. Well, and I happen to know from uh, my daughter who attended A-State for a time that uh, in the English department, there is a, it may be kind of subliminal or behind the scenes, but there is a, you know, several lgbtq professors professors Mm -hmm. that you know my daughter was told uh you have to write what i want you to write yep yep and not what you believe as a christian necessarily Mm -hmm. and uh it 
that's intimidation. Well, you better believe it. It's pushing an agenda when a student comes in and they don't hold the same opinion or value. Mm -hmm. So... And, it's and, tough. It, and it, unfortunately, yeah. that kind of thing works. If you look at well, the you look at the the political and moral philosophy of a lot of kids after they go to college, and especially after having gone to public school and co- college, and and they end up being a little socialist in so many cases. Well, here here's the interesting thing: is that you go and it, it, it's one thing if the if the professor says to you, "I want you to write about this or that." Uh, and then if you're going to write uh, about, you know, the, the uh, lesbian caucus or whatever, you might not agree with it, but I want you to defend why you feel the way you feel. That's one thing. It's mm-hmm. another thing to say you need to write it from this perspective sure. or you're going to get a failing de- uh, grade. That That's not the correct way to do it, even in a philosophy class. A, a philosophy professor in in his right mind would never do it that well, way. And and I taught I've taught online courses for uh, American Military University, for example. And I had mm-hmm. students that wrote papers for me that dealt with uh, open openly gay or lesbian persons in our military and. And, uh, and why that's good or why that's well, bad. And, and they, you know, they had to do it according to the outline I provided, and they had sure. to provide research. Nothing and support, wrong with that. You know, data mm-hmm. and statistics. And I tried never, well, and I never, you know, attacked them personally. I just looked at at the overall format, the content, the spelling, grammar, right. you know, all of that. And uh, I never downgraded them for their personal opinion. Sure. That, and that's just, the way it, it was, should be. It was just something that they felt passionate about that I read, and and uh, I graded them. Was, was it, and did they use logic properly, or did they, did they establish their premises right. and facts? Well, and or did see, they now just... I teach for Liberty University, and I teach business courses, master's-level students. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm telling you, not every student that, that attends Liberty is a Christian. Mm. They, but they want that education from that university. Mm. And so I, you know, I've entertained a lot of topics. And they usually send me their proposal and I sign off on it. Even if I don't agree with it, I want to see what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And I, so I value their free speech, right. even in my two classes I'm teaching right now, to share their their thoughts and their perceptions and and. Uh, that's, I think, the way higher ed ought to to roll with our students. Instead of brainwashing students or belittling those of us on with the Christian or side of the the issues, let's let's have a dialogue. But free speech is only good if you agree with <laughs> a particular certain people. That's not free speech. That's not free speech. That's right. It's not free speech. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. Uh, State Representative uh, Smith is with us. Be with us to the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk about something else that deals with, uh, I believe, the Constitution. Maybe not explicitly stated in the Constitution, but is, um, if you read into what the Constitution says, says that you have the freedom of conscience. Well, I know that you're big on that, and let's talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, live from the state capitol, third floor, house side, 
We'll take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. All right, back with us is uh, State Representative Smith. Also here, Robert Steinbach has joined us. Glad to have you back, Robert. This might be one that you want to uh, chime in as well. As you know, Representative Smith, a big Second or First Amendment guy, Second Amendment guy too, but it's got some legislation that's going to be filed dealing with, uh, you know, uh, you know, how does it go that you can do or you don't have to do something because of your conscience. Bring us up to date on this piece that, of legislation you're okay. going to file. Well, this the bill that we've prepared is uh, a freedom of conscience for health care workers. And, for example, as we were talking during the break, if a health care worker has a reasonable objection to participate in some type of procedure, uh, and that, that's pretty broad, but with reasonable accommodation, and that's, that's really the crux of this, reasonable accommodation. If there are things scheduled on the calendar that take place in a hospital or a clinic where that specific uh, medical personnel, whether they're a surgical tech or an anesthesiologist or someone else says, you know, that really goes against my religious beliefs. I don't want to do that. With proper notice, they can step out of that role for that one procedure, get a substitute to come in, and then after it's over, they could step back in and carry on with their right. with their day. And we don't want them to lose their jobs because of their religious convictions or uh, their feelings about uh, their conscientious objection to certain procedures. It was interesting because you brought up something that I hadn't even given a thought to. Because when I think of th- about this, I think of Judeo-Christians, typically. But for a Muslim, maybe they're going to put use a pig valve on somebody, and they don't want to have to handle that. They find that religiously unclean. Right. So it, this, this cuts across, you know, the spectrum here. Correct. And, and see, that's, that's the beauty of the bill that I'm, I'm getting ready to file today and, and then uh, push forward. I've got a lot of friends after having been in the Middle East for six years that they are devout enough that they don't eat pork. There are certain things that they're allowed to do and certain things that they're not allowed to do. And even though we we do have in this country a lot of great physicians that are from Pakistan or the United Arab Emirates and different countries in the Middle East, they still try to at least live up to their their faith and those practices mm-hmm. that we know about. And so if a if a a surgical tech for example says even though I'm wearing rubber gloves or latex gloves, I just don't feel like I can handle that pig valve. Right. They should be able with reasonable accommodation step out. That's let somebody someone step else in. step in and then they come back and do the rest of the day and do their job. Yeah. Question? There, well, it, it's, it's, it, it is an interesting issue. I mean, because, like, even right now, generally, if someone comes into the hospital bleeding, then they're going to die. You can't refuse them service. No, you, and we even put that, we, right, we stated that and, and so emergencies th- are a whole different ballgame right, when so it that, comes to and this and I don't know how that's handled specifically, but I assume maybe you could even get some criminal um, implications if you just say, yeah, I'm not going to help you, you can bleed to death. And so there's there's kind of a, there, there is a it's an interesting issue there, especially seeing as we, we severely limit who's allowed to practice medicine. And so 
um, but they address th- that right, right, and so it's 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 a it, it is an interesting issue because generally I, th- I think employers should be allowed to make any kind of dumb rules and impose them on their employees. But we don't have a free market in the medical industry, and so it's it, it's so different that that I, I think it may, may very well Robert, be Robert. We have four minutes. You know what I find fascinating about this, Representative Smith, is that the left has always been of the mind that, for example, conscientious objectors should be entitled not to be drafted when you have a draft. Sure. Uh, but for some reason, we don't hear the left recognizing the conscientious beliefs of religious people. And so really a double standard on the left and I'm glad to see that people like you me, us come forward and say look we, we understand when people have deeply held beliefs and we should do our best to recognize them and allow people to act within the freedom that's right. what we're about. Right. The freedom to act within their personal beliefs. Of course, to the extent, like the old saying says, my rights only go as far as your nose, right? You know? So, you know, I can't punch you in the nose because I believe that's a good thing. But as long as I'm staying within the sphere of my beliefs, I should be entitled to, to respect uh, of those beliefs. Well, and you shouldn't be afraid to lose your job right. if you are involved in something that you need to pull back from, even if it's a a one-hour surgery or two-hour surgery, Mm -hmm. step back, let someone else step in, take your place, and then go back to work immediately after on the next, you know, uh, patient. I got you. All right. We promised to get you out of here at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to let you go a few minutes earlier because I want you to go file your (laughs) bill. It's a good bill. Thank you very much, Representative uh, Smith. We'll have you back on. We've had him on several times here in the show. I think he deals with common sense type legislation. All right, so we'll let him take off. How are things going as well as uh, you can be expected there, uh, Robert? Good? Going well. Uh, Got to give you an update on the uh, Dave Ellswick free speech uh, on campus bill. Yeah. Uh, that title's not in there yet. <laughs> yeah, no okay. um, uh, Well, Frank Broyles got his name on a, on, on a bill, didn't he? Is that right? I think he did. It was a Frank Broyles... Um, what was it? Um, some sort of some sort of bill violating free speech. That's funny. Yeah, but anyway, well, it, anyway. It, so uh, as you know, Kim Hammer introduced uh, the yeah. first version, and Kim's version is based on what material you provided, right? And that is an extremely good and extremely conservative. Those are completely overlapping categories, of course. Uh, bill, uh, and then uh, Representative uh, Ballinger. Excuse me. Excuse me, Senator Ballinger. Sorry, Bob. And Representative Douglas. Uh, uh, Right. Um, And we also have... um, Sullivan. Uh, well, that's who I was right? It was Sullivan, uh, Sullivan, not Douglas. But there's another name on there, too. I'll have to pull it up uh, during the break. Um, they have, uh, and Kim Hammer as well, did I say, have introduced it, introduced a second version. That second version is a little more accommodating. And so what we've been working on uh, is moving that bill to make sure that it's tight enough, right? That it's conservative enough. Let's right. be clear. Okay. And I, I can now report to you that we have made good progress. We're not done. Yeah. We're not done. And Kim Hammer's original bill, the Kim Hammer, Dave Ellswick original bill is still sitting out there. Okay. Uh, because we'll see. But I can now report to you first time in the media that that bill is making progress and moving towards a conservative goal that I think we all uh, agree upon. I mean, all the uh, co-sponsors, you, me, Paul, everybody. Yeah. And that, and if we get to where I hope we're going to get, that's going to be the bill. All right. 
we got to take a break. we got to get to the news. Let's do that. We come back. Senator Cooper will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Wow, we're, we're kind of revving down the day today. We're at the 4 o'clock hour, and that's good. And, uh, in fact, at 435, we've got Senator uh, Cooper with us. He's got a piece of legislation I think you need to know about. We'll spend our half hour that we got with him to talk about it. Let's start off with the basics. Um, this is a sunset type this, of, a, of a piece of legislation. Explain the different sunsets and rise, you know. This, this is a sunrise, sunset. It has okay. both provisions in there, and it has to do with legislation that uh, will vet new regulation and new licensing mm-hmm. uh, on the front end, and then it also has a provision to to vet uh, existing licensing once it's established to see if it's still needed or not and to make recommendations about possibly changing it, reducing it, or even doing away with it. Now, this this, necess- this is necessary because uh, this licensing has gotten out of hand. Right. There's been a lot of people challenging, do you need a license to braid hair? I mean, two years ago, that was a big deal with Bill with, with Bob Ballinger, a piece of legislation on the House side. Now he's on the Senate side. Let, let me give you an example of something. I believe I filed it today. Okay. Uh, uh, it has to do with nursery licensing. Okay. And not, not babies and children. Plants, plants. To sell plants. Mm-hmm. Um Probably a lot of people didn't even know that we had such a thing. Uh, very few states do. You got to have a license we, to be able to sell plants. Yeah, yeah, we have a license. I filed it today <laughs> to uh, delicense that. Good. <laughs> who, who in their right minds think that not anybody can't sell a plant? Maybe the established nurser, nurseries had it had it written up by their cronies. I don't. It was. It's real old. It <laughs> real, was. It's a hundred years, years old, oh, I think, okay. or something like that. But that's the that's the point that these things get placed in there and then they never go away. Right. So um, we've been working on this for a year. Uh, the governor had this task force called Red Tape Reduction. Uh, and it's a good thing. Task force, and I was one of the chairs of it. We've been investigating that for a year now, and uh, there'll be several bills that'll good. be coming out, not only from me, but from other legislators right. having to do with this effort. The Sunrise Sunset is a key part of that. Okay. So, um, but there'll be some individual bills, bills that come out dealing with individual licensing. This is the center point of, of vetting the system. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the mama bill, in yeah, other words. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, yeah. tell us, kind of how it works, and how will how will the vetting process does it does the vetting process actually function as a as a uh, as, as a means of sunsetting some of these licensing right. schemes? There, there will be a commission. Okay. Uh, uh, there'll be a seven member commission that'll be appointed to do this, and they'll have a small staff that can, can I be on the commission? Huh? Can I be on the yeah. commission? <laughs> The governor will will appoint these. If, you can't if this do bill, that on my show, Paul. Right. <laughs> if this if this bill passes, it'll be a commission. There's other there's another bill out there that I, I, I'll uh, I'll just tell you that that's out there. I don't, yeah. I don't want to talk no, too much yeah. about that one, but right. uh, it's basically a difference in ideology about whether to do it through ALC or the commission. Mm-hmm. I think. Right. I think the commission is by far be the best way to do approach. it. I would agree with that. Yeah. So um, it's a commission, unpaid commissioners. Mm-hmm. They they can have uh, per diem for travel. Um, and for research, they will have a very small staff to function and do the research. Mm-hmm. 
which is very necessary. It's going to be that, that's one reason that I went done, done in a commission rather than an ALC because it's going to be pretty labor intensive. Effect to do it right, and this um, and the uh, boards, uh, the licensing will be divided into sixths, and it'll take place over a period of six years. Every board, we'll every license will be examined at one one year of those six. Good. So all all boards will be examined over six years. How and, many boards do we have? Oh, I, I want I want to stun everybody I, with this. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know, but it's it's a couple of hundred or more. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so um, th- let me give your listeners a little background. We are one of the top twelve most regulated states in the nation. Wow. We are. Um, uh, we're just overregulated, and, yep. uh, and we have too many. I know. Uh, I mean, too many licenses. Yeah, I've worked for myself since I was about eighteen, and there's a lot of things that I would like to do that are morally upright, but it's illegal yeah. because I have to get a right. license or something of that nature. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I kind of checked into was cutting hair. I've, I've been cutting hair since I was pretty young. Yeah. But but it's not legal for me to do it unless I have a license. Right. I didn't need to go to school to learn how to cut hair. I already knew how to cut hair. Yeah. Maybe but, we ought to do something about that one yeah. too. <laughs> I, I, I will help you with that if you want to help there me. If be. you want to run a bill. There's all kinds of these laws out there that do nothing but keep people either out of an industry or make it impossible for them to get into the industry because they can't afford right. the license. Right. There's also another aspect of this. The um, the the, uh, the federal government is also getting into this from a standpoint of antitrust, mm-hmm. uh, where this protectionism right. gets in place, where the people on the board are really function as a industry protection, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's yeah, been some movable wall. Like there's been some like lawsuits, and, like and some boards have been found in violation of the antitrust Good. laws. Good. I'm glad and, to hear uh, this. So that that gives a lot of credibility to what we're trying to do. You know, when we didn't have such a centralized government in Washington D.C. and even on the state level, uh, a, a good thing to think about is you didn't need all these licenses and stuff to make a living, right? And you shouldn't have to buy those kinds of licenses to right. make a living. I mean, how many jobs are out there that you can't check to see if the person you're talking to can't do the job? There's ways to find out if a person can do a job or not. Now, I have a good degree that a doctor should have a license, mm-hmm. a dentist should have a license. But then you get into the dentistry thing, and two years ago, you remember, we had to go through, well, if a guy's a, you know, orthodontist, can he clean teeth like a general dentist? You know, this, this is part of ignorance to do that, it right. seems like to me, Senator. Well, um, there's... There's statistics out there that show that when people move from a, uh, a a D license or an unregulated licensing occupation to a regulated occupation mm-hmm. or license occupation, their wages go up about 17 percent or so. You know, it's variable, but uh, generally about 17 mm-hmm. percent. Well, unless there is something that has taken place educationally. They're not any smarter later than they right. were before. Right. So it, it was, uh, in a lot of cases, it's strictly because they moved from a delicensed situation to a licensed situation. Now think about this also, that uh, if this is a uh, 
situation where one state is licensed, another state is not, and if that's a if that's a transferable uh, a product, then one state is at a about a twelve percent disadvantage mm-hmm. economically. Right. Okay. And uh, so much of this licensing is practice testing, practicing taking a test mm. rather than uh, what they actually know. The better way to compare um, whether or not somebody's capable in a job is certification. Certification is education-based. Like you go to a private industry that does uh, educational-based training, mm-hmm. and when you get through with that, you have a certificate of knowledge right, coming sort out of like, there. Sort of like you see. Uh, the license itself does none of that. It's not educational-based. It is a lot of times it's strictly test-taking practice. So, so what, and, and almost none of these, well, I don't say I don't want to say none, but there's a, too many uh, that there's not ever any failures in taking the license and taking the test. <laughs> so yeah. how valid is that? Well, right. Somebody's making yeah. money somewhere. That's yeah. all I know. That's but, usually the reason. People well, I think the, the intention test. is good, but in practice, it's it's not working very well for the consumer. Right. And I, I think you're right that a lot of times the, the legislators who have passed these occupational licensing laws, they did it with good intentions. Sure. And it's But the reality was that the effect has been... Uh, just a reduction in competition, right? And, and 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 maybe the industry leaders did it on purpose, but a lot of times the legislators actually mm-hmm. did it with good, with <laughs> right. with noble intentions. And and it always drives up uh, cost mm-hmm. to the consumer. Generous always, speed. that's that's a sure result of that. And yeah. if you're um, if the occupation doesn't require it, uh, then then your consumers are just paying for nothing. Well, and the point that you raised earlier about this, the uh, 17% on average price increase reflects the notion that it's uh, partially monopolistic pricing that results in an increase in price and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, if that's the only change in circumstances, right. it's that monopoly pricing or quasi-monopoly pricing that's pushing up pricing. Right. So, so, so let me just ask this question, then we've got to take a break and we'll come back and finish this up. But how much do you think this can save the average Arkansan? Have you guys done any kind of uh, studies into that? This particular bill? Mm-hmm. Let me let me tell you where it's modeled from. It's modeled from Texas. Okay. Uh, I did not include the agencies in this for a reason because we're in a uh, you know, we've got the governor's reorganization, so Correct. I didn't think this was time to really start mm-hmm. looking at what, what's going on there. But uh, Texas has been has had this in place for about 20 years, and they've got a 21-to-1 payback. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty good payback. Yeah. No doubt. And yeah. a lot more people probably working. You're probably going to have some listeners ask how much this is going to cost because it's, it's a new commission. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some. But I think dramatically uh, down the line, we will reduce the game. cost of government with this. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up with uh, Senator Cooper. I don't think we got a whole lot more that we got to cover, but we want to cover everything so you know what's going on. Uh, is this up in front of committee yet? Check. No. Not it's, yet. It's assigned to committee. It'll, it'll be in front of committee tomorrow or the next day. Okay. I'm well, not good. sure when I'll run it. Um, I've got several things on my plate right now. 
You're uh, busy. But it'll be the next couple of days. You're busy. All yeah. right. We'll take a break. We'll okay. come back. We'll talk more. Okay. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, live from the Capitol, third floor, on the House side, as we covered 92nd General Assembly exclusively at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. Welcome back. We've got Senator Cooper here with us, and uh, we're talking about licensing and how do we cut the red tape uh, and not make everybody have to get a license to work, basically. Because to be honest with you, if you want push come to shove, you could probably license every job out there. If you felt it was necessary, that's which it's not, that's so basically communism. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but we're, we're edging towards socialism more and more every day. In it's, 1950, about three percent of the workforce was uh, licensed. Today, it's about 25 percent. Yeah, yeah and, and moving forward, not slowly oh, either. Yeah. So, what are some of the main arguments that people use against what you're trying to do? Well, I think the, the, the center part of the argument will be health and safety. How do you define that, and mm-hmm. how do you, where do you find the line mm-hmm. in that? Uh, remember, all of these things had, a, had an advocate somewhere when they were done. And um, uh, so, but, it, but a lot of this has nothing to do with health and safety. Right. There's also... Uh, something that people need to keep in mind is we're not only talking about health and safety, we're also talking about something that's an overwhelming public need. For instance, nobody, I don't think, would advocate deregulating the banking industry. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's well, an example. Uh, of maybe a, we should stop legalizing theft or something of that nature. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, though, that yeah. some, of, some of banking used to be, I think, it was basically a weights and measures issue. Yeah. And you, you, that's, it's appropriate to regulate yeah. that just so you can deal yeah. with issues appropriately in court. I, I was just using that as an right. example. Sure. This, this is right. not a part of this, right, right, right. No. this, this argument here it, or, this, or this legislation. Yeah, yeah some regulation is, yeah. is quite acceptable. This is, uh, this is a, a bill that vets uh, regulation on the front end and then reviews it after it's already established. And revets mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And right. revets it, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I have uh, some other bills that are specific to certain occupations that mm-hmm. I'll be running. I've, right. Some of those are already filed that are out there that nice. you can see right now. Okay. One is the nursery. Okay, uh, right. Bill. That sounds pretty neat. Yeah. As yeah, far did, as the... Um, uh, I've, I've forgotten. Were we on the air when we talked about that? I, no, I, I, I don't. I, I, yes, I think we mentioned yeah, it. I can't remember, but, uh, but we, we've been having conversations in, <laughs> on and off the air. So, But anyway, there's there's that one and, uh, and some others <laughs> that... Uh, that um, I'd, I'd rather wait until I get, right. a, get them all That's worked smart. out before right. I actually uh, right. talk about them. Don't I give make your sure enemies the ammunition. Well, <laughs> some of them may have changes, and mm-hmm. I don't want to put something out there and right. people misunderstand the bill, and, and that provision may or may not be in it later. Okay. So. Right. Makes sense. That makes okay. sense. So you feel pretty confident in, in what you have here? I do. Um, I think that in Arkansas, the political feeling right now is to reduce regulation mm-hmm. uh, i think it's better than it's been in years or at least in the time i've been here good and um, i don't say every one of them will be successful because there'll be several of them that will have um, different uh, constituencies right that some of the probably uh, some of the big players are uh, in on it but uh, i think i think a lot of it will pass who was Good. who was the uh, was it a representative from up in Cave City that was 
couple of years ago was trying to get some things done as far as these licensing. Uh, Richard Womack, Womack was, doing, was, it? Was, was looking at some, I think. He, he's run in that. And, and so the, but, but in so many cases, though, we've got people that would just like to make a living, and it's illegal to, to do just kind of basic stuff. I mean, and I think sometimes what happens is that we've got um, industries that have kind of hoodwinked people to some extent by, by making the public or, or even legislators think, well, this job is too dangerous for us to allow free markets to deal with it. We've got to actually have this ex- extensive licensing scheme to, to vet people, which may or may not vet people at all or very well. And, um, and, and so the, we end up kind of scaring people into supporting some of these licensing schemes when they, they really isn't Let, let me justifiable. tell you a little bit about the circumstance, I think, when people are – when there needs to be a license. Okay. It's when the knowledge is dramatically different between the occupation and the ones they serve. Like, for instance, mm. uh, in some cases, a doctor, medical. Okay. Yeah, brain surgery. Right, right. Sorry, Robert. It can't be a brain <laughs> so, surgeon. Uh, but, but where the knowledge level is basically equal or not totally unbalanced between mm-hmm. the supplier and the purchaser, the purchaser is able to know whether they're getting what they want. So how do we determine that, though? And, and for instance, like, I'm a landlord. I... I I'm pretty familiar with houses. I mean, I've been doing mm-hmm. this for 15, 16 years. I really don't need the government to tell me who's who's qualified to do anything in a house. I can go back and fix the mistakes of almost any licensed sure. professional mm-hmm. that that um, that works on my properties. And so, how do we determine that? That's that's part of. That's part of the political process. I yeah, guess. <laughs> it's going to be part of that commission. Too. That's what's going to be interesting about all of these mm-hmm. uh, situations that we're going to be working with. Well, right. feel free to come back. I will, and yeah. keep us up to date on thank how this is doing. Thank you for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure being here. And, all right, and God bless you and thank your you. listeners. Appreciate all right, it. thank you very Thanks. much, Senator. We appreciate you coming by. We're just about out of time for this hour. Uh, the folks from Conduit will be with us in the next hour. They give their. Re- to give their report card, then I get to challenge it. So we'll get to do that in the next hour here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. So um, tomorrow, the power panel will be here. We'll be ready to go. I don't have anybody specifically lined up, but that typically changes as we get closer to, to airtime. And the Bible guys will be sitting here uh, on the uh, the third floor in the last hour taking your uh, your Bible questions. So that's all ahead of you here shortly. Let me just tell you that coming up on Wednesday, the Republican women's group uh, that have these big ideas, bold, innovative ideas that they're pushing are going to come on. Uh, I think Senator Irving is go- Irving is go- Irvin is going to be on. Um, I forget who else. I had there's two other people that are coming in. Uh, we're looking at a group of students are coming in Thursday, Thursday from up in yeah. northwest uh, Arkansas, and they're fighting against a tax increase. Yeah, they're, 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 I think they're trying to, the county is trying to raise, I think, a penny on their sales tax to, to build a new courthouse, and they're trying to offer a, a less expensive option. Solution, yeah. Right, and so they're, um, so that's, that's kind of neat. So they're supposed to come down Thursday. I think they're supposed to come down in the morning and maybe watch some committees and then come on the radio with us at 3 o'clock. that's good. As they always say, watching sausage, watching sausage made. Not always a pretty sight. <laughs> well, all right, we'll get a break in for the uh, the news, and then uh, we'll come back here on the third floor of the Capitol. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. 
exclusively on 101.1 FM, the uh, answer as we can continue to cover the 92nd General Assembly. All right, back with you. Final hour of today's live show from the state capitol. We're on the third floor, house side. Uh, we are the only radio station. In fact, to be honest with you, to, uh, even getting the uh, the TV people involved, we do more coverage of the General Assembly than anybody else does here in the state of Arkansas. Probably er- everyone else combined. Combined, yeah. Yeah, we probably have more. We're probably here live more than everyone else. Four hours a day, Monday through Thursday. Add that together, that's 16 hours a week. And when we get closer to the end of the the session, we'll be here five days a week because the legislators will be here on Friday as well doing business. Right now, typically, they're leaving Thursday afternoon fairly early uh, and heading home to be with their families and taking care of business and things of that nature. By the way, before I go any further, stand up. Mr. Uh, Mr. Zach, this is Zach. Zach is on. Okay, that guy there keeps us on the air on doing Facebook Live. So I just wanted to put a, a, a face behind. Plus, he brought me a candy bar today, and I want to I wanna thank him for that. I was getting a little bit hungry, and he brought me a Snickers. And if you go by the Snickers commercials, are you trying to keep me from being until the hunt or something on the air? Nancy Pelosi. A, yeah, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, God help me. All right. So we got Brenda and we got Joe and we've got Conduit News here with us. It's good to have them along for the ride today. They're on with us every Monday to uh, talk about what's happening at the legislature as well. What they do now is they're doing a legislative scorecard uh, during the session. So they're looking at the bills that are being introduced and they're uh, they're saying here when you talk to your uh, elected representative or senator, tell them to vote yay or nay, and they'll give you good reasons why you should vote yay or nay on it. Robert Steinbach is here as well. He does the same thing for me. Uh, he looks at a lot of legislation, and uh, you'll know when he doesn't like it because he gets into it about it. <laughs> He really lets it lets you lets it fly about that. I might mention it once or twice. Yeah, just might, just might do that. There's some interesting things here. We just got done, Joe. You really like this. We just got done with uh, Senator uh, Cooper and talking about his mother of all red tape destruction bills that he has out there, <laughs> and uh, of getting rid of uh, licensing uh, licensing of. Uh, you know, jobs and businesses and have to buy a license to be this or be that. And there's no reason for it other than somebody's trying to block some people from being uh, in that field or they're wanting to, to gin up some money or whatever. And uh, he's got one of your bills that you ask for people to support, and we'll talk about it. We just talked about it for a few minutes here because his overall bill will really get into, you know, sunrise, sunset, and all the rest about you know, kind of a, uh, licenses a, a, for certain business practices. Kind of a general bill for vetting yeah. the current licensing um, schemes that are on the Yeah, that's and, good. And you the, guys know this guy. It's Paul Calvert. Okay, right. So, so Joe, uh, let's start off with the first one you guys have. You say support uh, House Bill 1251. This is being brought up by uh, uh, State Representative John Eubanks out of Paris. Uh, it supports expanding the scope of the practice for optima, uh, optometrists. I, explain what the bill, number one, is supposed to do, and, and number two, what this will help uh, 
you know, our, our citizenry in, uh, in Arkansas? Well, I don't know that I can speak directly to what the, the specifics of a bill does. I've, I've read it, but the conduit folks have been working on it. Uh, I've been out for a week, as you know. Um, but what I can tell you is this, is more freedom is created when you have less regulation. They That's go hand in hand. Right. And I, we were having a conversation today in, in our uh, meeting today, and I would think I would take the position that uh, people are not really comfortable enough with freedom because they haven't experienced it enough to, to take the responsibility of managing their own lives. But that's where we need to get. The, the example I used, I, I think you know, somebody should be able to be an eye doctor if they just want, want to call themselves one. Now, that, that's a radical thing to say, and I, and I get that. But the, the informed public, if properly disclosed, can ascertain who is a doctor and who is not. You don't need some big board, and I would go to that extreme. Now, this is just on the small end of that, like cosmetology and electrolysis and uh, you know, this is not, not Dennis doing uh, a little bit more work or less work. Yeah, clean Let people do what they want. Just disclose their level of education and and have references, and people can decide who's a doctor and who's not a doctor. That, that's my opinion. So, right. but I'm, I'm in the. I'm, I'm sure I'm in a minority, but that's where we need to get to. My my response to that conversation which Joe and I have been having for years is at this point people are so dependent on government um, taking care of all their need to know and you know you just rely on whatever the government's done they're going to take care of me quote they don't know how to be free anymore and so we would have to start with educating people on you know how to be responsible for themselves so how to vet the uh, optometrist or the physician well you know you, you would have a lot of interest groups uh, contractors, let's say, for example, that home builders. You know, they don't want anybody going out and building houses for people that is not licensed, and that does serve themselves and some general, you know, all-around rule of thumb of hey, if you're go through all this contractor stuff, then you should be able to build houses for people. Well, why can't you or I go out and build a house, and, uh, and eventually people will know either we're good or we're not good. As long as we disclose, hey, we've, we've never read a book on building houses. We had our first one. If you want to pay me to do that, then that should be your right. The government should not preclude me from offering my services to build something for you if I disclose that I've never done it before. All right, just truth and advertising there in that case. And so, so you, know, you know, if you come along and tell me, you know what, you, you build houses, but I know you from a whole lot of other um, – um, experiences in life, and I, I trust you. And, and so, I, you tell me you can build exactly. a house. I trust you, and, and I hire you to build a house because I know you as a person. And you know, you maybe maybe don't know, build, don't know how to build houses, and, and that might be the last thing I ever trust you on. But but the fact is that there are people that I trust that if they tell me they can do something, I'll believe them, and I'd probably hire them regardless of what the government tells me about their qualifications. Well, and you'll tell ten other people. If I'm good or I'm bad, and that's right. better, that's a better track record for people to to uh, to rely on than oh he is he's been approved by some government bureaucrat that has a checklist somewhere because how many people have you hired that have had that that have done terrible jobs? 
But our right. culture has conditioned, is conditioned to believe that we don't know enough. We have to depend on government to tell us what we can do and what we can trust and who we can trust. You know, and some yeah, of really some good of plan that, of getting of rid of all is, building codes. <laughs> some of that is changing in that you got things like, uh, you know, uh, Facebook and other sites that you can go and read other people and how their uh, service was right. by people, certain people. You get reviews on and stuff. That, you know, you get all kinds of reviews, and people pay more attention to that. They don't go on uh, government pages and look what the government government's saying. Yeah, the government should be one of many opinions about your competency. Uh, I'll give you an example of just here in my office. Um, we do a lot of business planning, business organizations. And my daughter, who's also a tax attorney, uh, told me today, you know, it looks like there's a lot of people uh, lately who seem to be relying on the Internet or LegalZoom.com or whatever to, you know, practice law. And uh-huh. when she gives them a, a fee quote, you know, they're sort of taken aback because we charge X amount of dollars to set up an entity. And, and my response to her is, okay, well, I mean, those are people we probably don't want as clients. And if, if we do, we'll get them the second time around. When their entity is in real trouble, then we can charge them some real money. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to look at it. Well, or alternatively, they might be able to do it for $50. What Brenda charges me five thousand for? I there might, I might look right. into that myself. Right, and, and the thing and is, there's, there's different. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break, y'all. It's time to get our first break in. Uh, learn the little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. It's from David Lucas of the David Lucas uh, Financial Show. He, of course, is the host of uh, the show right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. David's a published author. He's right here in Little Rock. This free analysis is going to reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. To get your free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. This is your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. Call 501 501- Six five three sixty six ninety five zero one six five three sixty six ninety. When we come back, let's look at uh, least restrictive licensing requirements. It's a bill that has been run by Representative Jim Dotson out of Bentonville. It's HB one two five five. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. During the time that the legislature is in. If you want to keep up with the pieces of legislation that are being run, <coughs> excuse me, one of the first places that you should stop is conduitnews.com or uh, go use your phone. And what exactly was the uh, address going to join? And what was the number again, Brenda? I'm about to give it to you. Uh, just it is 501 292 2683. Text join after entering that number. Okay, and now with that, that number, I should. Okay, so now with that number, you're going to get this legislative, you know, look at the pieces of legislation that are out there, and you all will take a look at them. 
give people some uh, some information that they can make good logical choices about whether they should support or oppose it you guys will say whether you oppose or support and that's a good thing to have because people that are listening to the show today and listening to all this legislation that's being bantied around you know the only way you know what's going on is if i either have the people on or somebody like you is doing kind of the same thing that i'm doing except that you're doing yours you know and you're writing it down instead of broadcasting it out yeah, what we would hope to do is to apply our economic freedom filter consistently across the board because if you don't have a, a set of principles that drive a consistent uh, uh, guide to people, they don't know where you're coming from or why. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. So let's move on. This is a good one. Paul got all excited when he read this one. House Bill 1255, Least Restrictive Licensing Requirements, brought to us by uh, State Representative Jim Dotson of uh, Bentonville. The bill would require a licensing entity to adopt the least restrictive requirements for licensing, registration, or certification for those previously licensed in another state. The licensing entity would have to adopt a rule that is least restrictive that allows for state-to-state reciprocity. This bill would allow more competition for those looking to come to Arkansas and work. Competition could lower prices or boost quality of services for consumers and thus provide more economic freedom to Arkansans. It will decrease dependency on government and instead rely on the free market and people's choices. It's a good piece of legislation if it does those things. There's no doubt about it. Joe, why don't you address that first? You're a small business owner. Well, again, I'll stand on the the less government is involved in your life, the better it will ultimately turn out. You know, there there might be, in some cases, short-term downsides, but you can't go through life not expecting anything to go wrong, and government's going to make sure of it. So either we go this way or we don't. So less is always better on regulations uh, and more responsibility of, of the people for their own lives is generally a rule of ours you know it's, it's a little interesting to me that we have we are at this point it's because of timing but that we're talking about things that are you know not unimportant but the significance of, of a law like this with a majority of Republicans a, a super majority of Republicans for the last four years and all the Republican leadership and, and this is all they've done I mean, this low-hanging fruit, which is what I would call this. But you're confused. They've tried these bills in the past and haven't gotten them passed yet. You know, this was last year, uh, two years ago. But the economic impact of either of these two bills we've discussed so far is so small. It's not unimportant, as I said, but it's so small compared to what they could have been doing. Yeah, I'm not sure that some real economic Democrats would have done much different over the past four years if they would have been in charge. Well, I don't think I would go as far as you would go, Joe, on that. I do understand what what you're both saying, that I like going bigger than going smaller, but uh, that seems to be the way most of these uh, elected officials have been running things, and I, and I do think it's kind of the way that 
the average uh, Arkansan and even American would view things just because they haven't had freedom for so long that they're scared of it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the unfortunate well, thing, I think. I remember uh, Charlene Fight ran the military tax exemption bill that had tax increases in it on the position we're trying to bring professionals into Arkansas to live here, make this a good place to live. And so when our laws like an architect or uh, an architect or an attorney or whatever, they come into the state, they're licensed, they work for a number of years, and then they can't, you know, they, they can't make a living for the next 12 months because they can't get relicensed. So I think that's the kind of the purpose behind this type bill. You know, we're trying to bring professionals. What kind of people do you want in Arkansas? More people or mooch magnet, you know, as Joe said, that the Medicaid expansion bill was, or professionals who've proven that they can make a living and add to the economy. That's exactly what, uh, by the way, Joe, just so you know, Senator Cooper said those almost exact words, that by reducing the uh, red tape that that his bill would do, Overall, on sunrising bills, sunsetting bills, and all the rest, and licensing and having less licensing, because we have more of that here in the state, we would bring in more qualified individuals to work here in the state of Arkansas. So he had that part right too. So I'm I'm giving him two check marks today, two mm-hmm. gold stars. Well, you know, Brenda, right, well, you pointed out <laughs> when he caved on the Medicaid expansion after promising not to that that. That probably put him back about 10 slots. So maybe he's moved up two slots. Well, and that's a good thing. Maybe he's going to uh, to move towards more freedom. I'm all, I'm all about that for sure. So what were you going to say? Well, we Ronald? can hold. No, I was just going to point out, uh, Brenda, we, we had talked, I think it was last week on the show, uh, about how overregulated, including how overtaxed we are, and that we pay more taxes than the, the state of Massachusetts, by way of example. But it's a useful example because everybody knows Massachusetts is a northeast liberal state with high taxes. Uh, they have some sort of provided health care uh, that's taxed. Uh, and it's it's not a good environment. And, and that's a high tax, high regulation state. And they still pay Lower, lower taxes than we do. So we really have it uh, upside down if we are overtaxed and overregulated and we're supposed to be a southern conservative state with what is arguably, and I think there's a strong argument for that, uh, the most conservative legislature in the country today. That's why we're passing things and we're moving forward with the Dave Ellswick free speech bill, for example. It's about free speech, you know, on college campuses uh, because the leftists have been so in control of academia across this country that they've shut down conservative speech on campus and uh, the Dave Ellswick Kim Hammer free speech bill and now the Bob Ballinger Kim Hammer Dave Ellswick, I don't know if <laughs> the order correct free speech bill uh, is moving in that right direction as long as we sort of button up a few issues uh, we're going to have a really solid bill to do that so I, I, I'm kind of amazed and maybe Brenda you can just kind of reflect on this broader point which is how is it that we're in this state is this a vestige of when we had a democratic majority in the legislature how is it that we're still so overregulated? all right we got a minute to go Brenda you're up well, I did ask that question of Doyle Webb about 2010 as we were starting to show that we really were red at our roots. And I said, why do we still uh, have such blue policies? And now to see the more red uh, votes that we have 
20 seconds. Now, super majority basically in both houses. Why do we have blue policies and they're growing more every day, but you know, they're labeled something else? And then, like in the article this weekend uh, about Jeff Wardlaw, and he he switched from Democrat to um, Republican. Okay, Brenda, Brenda, need you to hold on. We got to get to the news. All right, don't forget this number, write it down. Pull off the side of the road and write this number down. 501-982-7451. And the next time that you have to have a big job done for your automobile, you can save up to 50%. You'll be talking to the folks at Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. I'll tell you that I know for a fact I've had a new engine put in my car, or let me put it this way, a recycled engine into my car and a recycled transmission into my car and it only cost me a tad bit over five thousand dollars when if i had done it the other way it would have cost me nearly eleven thousand dollars you do the math i mean look you didn't even have to go to high school to figure that one out bottom line is this you're going to save money and uh rd over at sunny's auto salvage uh it's going to help you out they'll help you out as far as the guarantees go as well as the warranties go uh, you can get one, two, and three-year warranties on all the parts. Just keep this in mind that Sonny's is the leader in recycled auto parts since 1976. Sonny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Their number again, 982-7451, 982-7451. When I want to save money, I turn to Sonny's. That's exactly what I do. You want to be green? It should be green that goes into your uh your bank account. I'm just saying. I go green because it saves me green. That's what I always said. All right. Let's take a, uh, a break uh, from me telling you about businesses and going back to what we were talking about, dealing with the folks here uh, from Conduit. I like that they do this uh, weekly uh, report card. It just makes sense that you can get uh, to it and learn things. Again, okay, Brenda, you should have that number written down. It should be right in front of you. How do you get this material sent directly to you as a, you know, as far as a text or something like that, so that you know exactly what's going on here at the legislature? You take your cell phone and you call 501-292-2683, and you text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N. Pretty simple. Two nine two two six eight three. Okay, and then you'll learn about why you should support Senate Bill one fifty seven from Senator Bob Ballinger in uh, Berryville. Uh, he wants to repeal repeal licensure of electrologists. Uh, if I read that correctly, this is interesting. That everything that was in your your uh, point today. We happen to be talking about licensure today on the show as well. And uh, Senator Ballinger said the bill would repeal the licensing requirements for electrologists. Electrologists are those providing laser hair removal services. They will no longer have to go through similar education and training requirements that a cosmetologist uh, would have to undergo. By repealing this uh, requirement, people would be free to engage in this work without a government permission slip. 
it would provide more choice to consumers and thus more economic freedom. I mean, that's it's just simple. It's not hard to understand. It's just simple because, look, they're not doing, uh, you know, laser surgery on you. They're killing a hair follicle. Okay, that's what's happening here. It's no big deal. And you probably would, for the women that are having this done, have probably talked to your favorite girlfriend or whomever it is, and they go, well, that's where I go. That's where you should probably go. You know, that's probably the way it works. Would you think, Brenda, when it comes to, you know, hair removal on your legs or your upper lip or, you know, your underarms and for guys off your back or whatever because you don't want your girlfriend to think that your papa was a gorilla or something? Absolutely. Probably once you find someone you like in that uh, arena, cosmetology and whatever fashion, you know, you really realize maybe after months of using that person to ask about their education. All you care about is they do what you need them to do, and you're going to do, like you said, you're going to ask your girlfriend first. I do think it's interesting to recall that Bob Ballinger had the hair braiding bill back a couple of sessions uh, two years ago, ago, remember? So Bob's trying to get his freedom, you know, in in that uh, arena, it appears. Freedom, not disclosure. (laughs) Transparency and disclosure, you know, or maybe other issues, yeah. All right, so let me ask again. This I want to go to Senator Cooper. Bring him up one more time here. Uh, Senate Bill 166. I didn't even know this existed until today. Repeals licensure of plant nursery workers. Now, hear how dumb this is. This bill would repeal a law that required a license for a nursery worker. Currently... A nursery worker must obtain a license if they are growing for sale florist stock, trees, shrubs, vine cuttings, uh, grafts, uh, buds, fruit pies, and other seeds of fruit and uh, ornamental trees. By repealing this licensing requirement, people would be free to engage in this work without a government permission slip. You know, here's the key that's amazing to me. Who are you going to do to? danger to if you're just growing a tree i mean for god's sake what, what people the have really industrial complex it, it's scary yeah, I you know remember I, a couple of sessions ago um, a bill that was near and dear to my heart which i opposed and so did my state senator at that time uvalde Lindsay, um was you cannot use the word accounting okay we own the word accounting i'm going oh this is a joke right right <laughs> It's just really, it's it's so bizarre. Who, what do I need a license? If I can plant a seed and grow a plant, why can't I sell it? Because some... Well, that, some, that would apply uh, to a lot of other things. I, I think human beings have been removing their hair, braiding their hair, and growing plants long before any governments were interested. <laughs> well, the, the wonder you live you for think, it. huh? Yeah, you right, think, but, but but we've got we've got people that are in this industry and they don't like competition, and so sometimes what happens is I think they they find some government legislator to come along and pass a law because you know someone might hurt someone else if they're allowed to do this without a license, and so we need to protect. Well, you can think about Chicago and the mafia and permission and you know all right. kinds of things. Boy, that's You're true. We build. Well, right, it's we interesting this. that we're talking about two or three of these bills right here. And do you think any of the political people that are in office now got elected running on these issues? 
but they well, did prob- on the next probably one. not a lot of people probably don't even know those that you have to have a license right now to to grow plants that you sell to a you know a nursery out there probably don't even know it you wouldn't even think that you would need it well you know and it's a problem of the uh the political system where those with specialized interests can come in and say well we're looking to protect the public and the public is diffuse and doesn't have any knowledge and largely no concern about these issues because there is no true health and safety issue mm-hmm. and so you get certain specialized groups that come in and say oh we're, we're looking out for the well-being of the population and of course uh, in many instances they're not what they're looking out for that's an excuse it's an excuse it's an excuse it's called rent seeking in the economic literature it's a bunch of fancy words it simply means we're looking to make a bunch of money off the backs of the population by regulating an industry so that competition is limited and then prices go up that's what happens competition drives prices down the reverse is less competition and there's always less competition when you put an impediment a regulatory impediment now sometimes there is a reason for it but too often too often, the reason is to line the pockets of those already in the industry and to prevent others from competing against them to drive prices down. And so thank goodness in this, what is now the most conservative legislature in this country, we are seeing movement in that direction. Now I want to make sure that each of these delicensing and these reducing regulation bills do in fact do what they claim to do. That's a lot of do's in that sentence by the way. (laughs) Because two often we've also seen that people will try to pass a bill that says, I'm for the decluttering, the deregulation, the streamlining, and all it is is moving one bureaucracy to another bureaucracy. I'm not speaking about any specific bill, so I'm not attacking any bill at the moment. Don't worry. You all know if I see a bad bill, I'm the first to come out against it. But we need to make sure we read through these bills to make sure that the so-called decluttering is actual decluttering and not the handoff of a baton from one bureau hack to another bureau hack. So let me jump in and just say those all those bills we just gave you that uh, the folks from Conduit support those bills. Now, there is one they oppose, and I agree with them just uh, wholeheartedly. And uh, I have ever since they started talking about this tax. And it comes versus uh, State Representative Dan, uh, Dan Douglas, who hasn't seen a tax that he doesn't love. Uh, especially if it's something that he can sell under, you know, it's going to make the roads better. Uh, HB 1260, the gas tax increase. The bill would create a new sales tax on gas and diesel at the wholesale level. That tax would be a per-gallon sales tax. It would be calculated by taking 12-month average wholesale selling price of motor fuel and diesel and multiplying that by 3.5%. How they came up with the 3.5%, don't ask me. It's some special concoction that State Representative Douglas figured out. This new wholesale uh, sales tax on gas would be in addition. Let me say that one more thing. Would be in addition uh, to the current retail sales tax on gas and diesel, which is the highest in our region. If gas prices go down, the rate from the year before will be used. Uh, The tax increase would then be distributed 70% to the state highway fund, 15% to the county aid fund, and 15% to the municipal aid fund. 
The bill would separately direct sales tax revenues from the sale of used cars to funds for highways if and only if general revenue of sales and use tax exceeds what do we got here? Two million five hundred thousand. Oh, pardon me, two and a half billion. In fiscal year 2018, general revenue from sales and use tax was uh, two billion four hundred and forty-eight. Yeah, you know, thousand. Blah 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 blah. So, so you know, I'm I'm with you, Joe and Brenda, on this one. We don't need another stinking tax on gasoline and and diesel, and I don't need no stinking badge to tell people so, that. So. So three and a half percent on wholesale. So we're looking at maybe seven or eight or maybe nine cents a gallon on diesel fuel right now. Yeah, and like or, it isn't it isn't high already. Six you or know seven, maybe six cents on because of all the gasoline. stupid sulfur regulations that they have. But let's turn it back. I know Joe is chomping at the bit right now. Go, Joe. I'll give you some time. Well, there's there's many things involved here. You know, one of which is they're already have taxed us by the diesel tax being higher because no one really sees that because it's just the trucks that pay for that. Well, that, yep. that is passed on to everybody in their retail uh, consumer goods. So they're finding every single way they can to get more money further upstream. Uh, then they can say, well, we're only taxing those evil oil companies. Well, who pays this stuff? Uh, and I'm surprised that people are as receptive to that kind of a tactic still uh, in America and in Arkansas. Well, the minimum wage bill did pass, you know. Well, uh, exactly. Uh, but, but, yeah, the, uh, the, the whole highway department structure and the way that's realigned, I, I'm a firm believer, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an ardent supporter of good roads, but just not waste and so much that we're spending on roads. Uh, I think at the federal level, there's a high percentage, 30% maybe, that has of all the highway money that has to be used on anything but highways. You know, your light rail, your your trails, your, your safety, and all these things are earmarked so far upstream that it makes it appear that we are short money when we're really not. We're just spending it. I, I think I gave an example of a couple of shows back about up in Missouri where there's they're putting those mile markers every two-tenths of a mile now. I mean, how much does that cost? And who benefits from that besides 3M that makes the reflective signs? They're, they're, you know, just they do so many foolish things with their money. If we don't get that under control, it's just an upward spiral in taxes because the roads are always crumbling. I mean, what politician will not tell you the roads and bridges are crumbling? Yeah, you know, I, so agree, no I agree with you wholeheartedly. Right, and then and then they build new roads, and we look at like this new interchange here in Little Rock. It's not just a bridge; it's an ornate bridge. They, they, they can't just build a simple bridge that works. They build something with fancy um, the state insignias on it or, or state um, trees. And, and so, you know, if if they have so much extra money that they can they can, they can do extra architectural stuff for looks, that indicates to me that they don't need more money. It's a lot like the school buildings they build. They, they build right. monuments to themselves. Yeah. Well, and, and some of it is the matching fund principle, you know, growing government through federal government. I'll give you this money if you add this beautification factor, you know, or this safety factor, or this anything but a highway factor. Yeah, well, on that bridge, isn't there a bike trail bridge right beside the, the other bridge there? 
No, no, we're not talking about that. We're not talk- that one. But- we're talking about the interchange at the end of uh, 630. 630 going oh, right. on to uh, But there's, pro- there's probably hordes of other examples that, like, that there probably are some bike trails along with them. I think it was envy. It was envy with Texas because Texas put <laughs> Texas on their bridges before we bought and, and put uh, Arkansas. I, they wanted people to know when they were in which state. And how many millions and of dollars. And you probably show them. Uh, each one of them, and half of them wouldn't know which state they're looking at. <laughs> but, but I'm with Paul. Uh, let, let's build heavy-duty, long-lasting structures, and forget about the, all the architectural accoutrements and whatnot. Right. Paul stole that argument from me. <laughs> I have been talking about utilitarian building for years. You know, we don't need it. We don't need no stupid art on our on our right. uh, our bridges. I'm I'm surprised we haven't put a Picasso up yet. Yeah, I mean, why is it? They will never be satisfied with the amount, uh, with any amount of money, because they've got a great argument. Because somebody always wants a better road. Well, the system is set up so that it's not. You get X amount of money to take care of our government. The system's set up so that wait, we've got all these things we're doing, and we need more money for it. You know, it's it's the the work we're doing, as Joe says, that never gets finished. That we're covering. It's not X amount of dollars, and here go use that to do these things. Well, and that should be the way our system is moved by these vast majority Republicans. Is to say, you get a, a billion five for highways, and if you don't do a good job, we're going to get somebody next year that will do a good job with that amount of money. Not, oh, well, you can't do it with a million five. Well, how about a million, a billion six? <laughs> you know, that's not the way it should work. We should get rid of the people who can't do it. Okay, while I still have you guys, what uh, what bills are you zeroing in on that people can kind of look forward to next week? Well, for next week, we'll, our report will show what we covered last week and what's coming up this coming week. And I, I know that maybe some people might say, well, what about the minimum wage bill that's been filed to amend the uh, initiative that was voted on by the people and overwhelmingly passed? Okay, you're talking about Ballinger increase. now minimum wage yeah we're talking about that internally and, and there's there's pros and cons to that one it, it that's a tough one and and the legislature does that a lot they they put multiple interests in a bill that they can uh, you know build you up or tear you down either position you take but in, in my mind the people of arkansas got a petition together got the minimum wage passed by a vote of the people. Now, All right. I got to get to my break. I don't agree with the legislature coming around the back door and changing things like that. All right. Appreciate but you, can you see both. By the way the bill is written, it's written specifically for certain industries. All right. We got to take a break, y'all. I appreciate it. We got the news right around the corner. Joe and Brenda, thank you so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show again today. We'll see you again next week. Appreciate you. Let's get our final break in. Okay, so let's finish this up. Let me ask you this question, Robert, because I know what Paul's yeah. going to say. Now let me ask you, because I kind of brought it up to Joe and, uh, and Brenda, and uh, Brenda, I thought, was uh, more... Uh, said thing she she agreed with me more than I think Joe did and that is the reason that the Republicans are going small steps on some of this stuff is because many people in this state and in 
all 50 states, to be honest with you, don't have a firm grasp on freedom. Freedom, yeah. I think that's part of the issue. And then I think part of the issue is that to become elected, you know, I don't have an election certificate. I've never had an election certificate. (laughs) Maybe we need one. Well, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I understand that. I understand that it's a joke. But my point is simply that you need... A frame of mind and an ability to win an election, and sometimes that requires some sense of increment incrementalism. However, and it's a big however, this is the most conservative legislature in the country right now, so now it's time to go big or go home. Yeah, it's that simple. I agree, and uh, you weren't here. I wish you had been, but Missy Irvin was on, and they're going big on some issues. The women are. And, and, and this, and, uh, and that's some, so that is a frustration of mine as well, and that, that so many times it's just teeny tiny baby steps. And, let's, and what do I always tell you? We're it's we're, we're playing Woody Hayes football. All right, three yards and a cloud of dust. Well, but we get to the goal line uh, later than sooner. But we oh, get ho- there. Hopefully, hopefully we're actually making some progress in the correct direction. Although, uh, who's to say if it would have been a whole lot different with Democrats? I think it probably would have been somewhat. Oh different. man, I can tell. It would have been somewhat. Di- it would have happened. I think it would have been different in 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 different areas. So, some, sometimes Democrats are okay with with dealing with um, some of the economic liberty issues. Some of them, they're sometimes they're terrible, but. Um, and, and Usually so, they're terrible. Yeah, that's what I was going right. to well, say. Yeah, you, are, you're you're, you're going to be searching for a you're, long time. You're optimistic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We've always said Paul's an yeah. optimist. <laughs> Paul, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow yes, sir. Here on the Power Panel. Robert, I will see you sometime this week. I'm going to have you back on. I'll try to make it. All right. We'll talk to you then. So Dave Ellswick show back at the Capitol tomorrow. Started at 2 o'clock right here on 101.1 FM. The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.